All right, who's ready for another life-affirming episode of the Robert Scott Bell Show? Uh, It's funny how uh, I said that out loud, not the life-affirming part, the show name. I was just interviewed this morning for a future podcast by our good friend Laban Ditchburn. And I said, let's not mention my name. Let's not say it at all because I don't want him banned on YouTube. And I wonder, you know, if these algorithms, if they hear full names or if you write the description, they see that name, it's gone. So anyway, the code word, this is the secret show you shall not name. <laughs> we got a lot to do on the air today. Uh, we've got a new guest, first time guest, Kelly Lester is joining us. Thanks again to uh, uh, Kevin Tuttle. Again, life affirming story. Someone who's been through some extraordinarily difficult circumstances in her life, made some choices that she would not make again today, but finding that she could uh, turn her life around and do wondrous goodness. And we'll talk to her about that. Uh, There's certainly updates in the lack of care and concern from various uh, alphabet soup administrative type agencies and bureaucracies, whether it be CDC, FDA, et cetera, and turning a blind eye to the deaths and disabilities of those who have gotten the jabs that shall not be named, right? We got that to talk about as well. You guys that are subscribed to our email newsletter, send RSB to 22828 if you're not. And then you'll see the most popular story was about an overdose on supplements, particularly vitamin D. So I'll bring that up as well. And uh, let's see what else we got to cover here. Oh, yeah. Warning you against being a gardener. The garden is now the the most dangerous place to be. Uh, You can't make this stuff up. Also, autism rates and prepping. So stand by for that and a whole lot more. Tell your friends to come on over to robertscatbell.com slash listen. The chat room's live. You're in it. And we'll see you there in just a moment as we begin the broadcast healing right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, baby watch day whatever. I don't know what it is. Grand baby watch. Super Don's on uh, the verge of having to run out of the studio and see a brand new grandbaby, which is a great life affirming event. And uh, so far, you're getting updates. You've got a group chat going. I'm not in on it, so I'm getting it secondhand from you. Everything going okay? Dilation increasing? Contractions closer together? What's happening yeah, out there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's just hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. She was uh, she was at four centimeters. When was this? Oh, about half an hour ago. Um, so things are progressing nicely, and um, I will let you know what's going on. <laughs> it could what, be during hey- the show. It might be out. I don't know. It depends on... Was she doing homeopathic colophyllum to soften the cervix, getting it ready, making it easier? Do you know she was doing that? I don't think so, no. Does she like not like homeopathy? What's the story there? Uh, she speaks English, not Latin. So I, I didn't no know Latin? That. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I try, I try. Anyway. I, I waved my magic wand and said expecto patronum, though, and I think that might have helped a little bit. So is it possible today, as we uh, welcome, about to welcome perhaps a new life onto yes. the planet, that you'll have to be ushered out by your wife taken to see the new baby? Yeah, as say? soon as the baby's born, she's there, and mm-hmm. um, she, you know, she's helping her out through the labor and stuff. And okay. as, soon as, as soon as the baby's born, then she's going to come scoop me and Riley up. I've got Riley in the, in the other room here. Okay. And we're going to go... We'll see the new member of our family. Well, welcome everybody to the place where a life uh, is welcome. <laughs> it's the Robert Scott Bell Show, the show that shall not be named. 
I thought that was funny as I was being interviewed by Laban on his show. I don't know when it'll air, but he'll let you know so we can let everybody know. The uh, the risk to hit, you know, he's got a face. No, I'm sorry, a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And he just hit a like a thousand so he can monetize it. I'm like, we never attempted to monetize our YouTube, but it didn't matter because we were we were uh, squashed from it anyway at a certain point. Yeah. And I, so I thought maybe just don't mention my name and you'll be okay. Cause other people have, <laughs> had me on their show. It's like, Oh, like the bringer of censorship. No, I did. we try to bring and speak the truth. And if it resonates with you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So we're still uh, banned at least temporarily. We just don't have information on the Facebook live uh, stream, but for those of you who'd like to be uh, with us that aren't here, you're going to have to tell them about this to bring them on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen for the live show. Uh, sign up for email alerts by sending 228, I'm sorry, sending RSB to 22828. That's right. Sending RSB to 22828. And uh, there it is. Uh, easy way to subscribe to the emails. And uh, speaking of the emails, the number one interest of all the, uh, the, the, in that email that you sent out, as far as news items, was a story about someone overdosing on vitamin D. And I, I remember covering this many years ago. You know, we're of all the health shows out there, it's not that I'm against vitamin D. I'm not. I, I love getting vitamin D in me, particularly by sunshine. I do supplement a little bit occasionally. Of course, there's a little bit in microgram levels in the uh, Cardio Miracle, which I take every day, but it's not excessive. And what I've said about uh, what we've learned about the Cardio Miracle and the science behind it is that they now found that sustained production of nitric oxide facilitates the conversion of stored vitamin D into the active form. And and that's, you see, that's the thing I I see is the problem with people that are taking too much vitamin D is they're not getting it in the active form. It's storing in their fat cells. And then if you overdose and spill over, not in active form, that's not good. So as I said, I'm not promoting the excessive use of that or any supplement other than what we, we know we definitely need. But in this article, it talks about, I think it's out of England, this, this story, a British man's overdose on vitamin D is a cautionary tale, they say, for people who are considering adding supplements to their lives. And this is a pay, paper in the British Medical Journal Case Reports. Now, of course, they're going to say, well, all supplements are bad. But if you read into this, you're like, no, this is about a fat-soluble uh, uh, dietary supplement to take to excess levels that no one actually recommends. But what they're going to do here is probably attack a nutritionist somehow. So let's see. He visited with a private nutritionist. Oh, they don't like that. Private nutritionists don't have to be registered, apparently. And he began taking 20 over-the-counter supplements every day, including 50,000 international units of D three times a day. And we were saying 20 over-the-counter supplements a day. Super Don, we counted up mine. I, On average, I'm taking nine. Yeah, we nine, came up with nine for you. Yep. On a daily, yeah, regular basis, nine different supplements a day. And yet none of them am I taking to excess. I mean, somebody might agree disagree with that on on selenium. You know, I try to get three one well, three fifty microgram tablets, the innate response selenium I get from Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com. I take that three times a day when I remember. A lot of days I'll only do it twice a day, so I'm getting 300 micrograms of selenium and some doctors oh that's too much i mean they don't understand the real danger is you know synthetic uh, nutrients that aren't nutrients and or overdosing on fat soluble supplements even if they are don't take well from what i understand the recommended uh iu international units a day Mm -hmm. is 400 and i just looked it up and it says one microgram of vitamin d is equal to 40 iu so that would be Mm -hmm. 10 micrograms 
Yeah, so that's basically what you got in the uh, right. Cardio Miracle. And I know that most people argue that the that IU level is is low. As as we say, with all of the RDIs, they're pretty much set low. We know that. So sure. you can take And you know more. what? I would say, okay, fine. You mm -hmm. know, times that by, what, like 10 maybe? Yeah. Okay, so maybe you, you, you get four instead of, uh, you know, 40, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 400 or, you know, or something yeah. like that. But this guy here... This guy was doing like a hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. IU. I mean, there's just no, there's just no way around it. <laughs> I remember talking about this, and this was uh, somewhat controversial. Uh, Gary Null, who had a, apparently a supplement with vitamin D in it, and I, I don't remember the details because some of you know and listen to Gary Null, and and I said, you know, the concern he he was in the hospital at one point. This is years ago now. Uh, for an overdose on vitamin D, apparently, this is what I heard. I don't know. Some of you know more about this, that there was inadvertently in a batch too much put in. And so he ended up taking too much. Again, whether that's accurate or not, I don't know. But the risk is real. If you take too much of something that is fat soluble, not water soluble, it will accumulate and can create problems. Now, uh, they're also attacking radio talk show hosts here because it said the man whose name was not disclosed heard about the supplements from a radio talk show. And then contacted a nutritionist uh, and then went on and did that. Now, who knows if anyone, if the radio host or the nutritionist told them to take 150,000 IUs. I doubt it. I mean, I guess it's possible. But then again, where is the outrage over doctors prescribing drugs, even according to their practices, resulting in deaths, numerous deaths in the United Kingdom, same as the United States, uh, third leading cause of death, modern medicine and all the descriptions or prescriptions that they write. How many people are dying of vitamin D overdoses? Even this guy's not dead. Yeah, there are problems. I acknowledge that. But this is not something we recommend taking uh, at that level for sure. Uh, so uh, what do we? where's the controversy? The, the controversy in my mind is not this individual case. It's the overlook of the real risk of listening to your doctor and taking the drugs that he or she prescribes, which, of course, leads to our question of the day. If you will, why the rush? This is a different kind of question of the day. It's in it's in the news items in the Defender. Why the rush for toddler vaccines? This is a question uh, being asked by not you or me, but the Wall Street Journal editorial board member Alicia Finley. I'm going to leave it there because I want to get to our guest uh, right away this hour, and you know, someone who is living a life that affirms life uh, despite you know, her history and she'll share with you some of her history. And, 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 you know, the good news of course, in all of this is that pretty much no matter what you've done, you can repent, you can make amends, you can correct course. And there is forgiveness from that, which created us all God, Supreme being creator. I know everybody's got their different names for uh, that, which created us all, but also finding a way to forgive ourselves for doing things either in ignorance or arrogance. I don't know if there are other ways to do things, hopefully in full consciousness. But of course, if you do horrible criminal life, destroying things in full consciousness, is that arguably worse than doing it in ignorance or arrogance? I wonder. Just one of those philosophical questions. I, you know, I think about these things every once in a while. The website we're going to cover is coming from ProLoveMinistries.org. ProLoveMinistries.org. And another one called abortionworker.com. So, you know, there won't be anything controversial. We're going to talk about this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. But with that, let's welcome for the first time to the RSB show, Kelly Lester. Welcome, Kelly. Glad you're here. Hi. Thanks for having me. 
Well, honored to have you on board. I, I just briefly, and in the show notes at robertscatbell.com, we have a little bit of your background history. And just in the short few paragraphs, it's like, holy tamole, did you go through some stuff? And and I, I think for those that don't read the show notes, you might have to revisit some of these uh, experiences. And, and we've had recently, particularly some women that have had brutal experiences growing up of abuse and other things that have overcome it and, and corrected course and have, have done extraordinary things and are doing extraordinary things of uh, of inspiration for others to overcome great obstacles and, and tragedies and trauma. Yeah, it's uh, it's a miracle that I'm sitting here able to talk to you. It's a, a miracle that I am a pretty healthy, actually extremely healthy person, um, a miracle that I have six children and uh, have most of my mental facilities still still there depending on who you ask they may argue how much of that's still there but well if yeah, you have one child honestly moms <laughs> will say i just can't remember things now six oh my gosh that you have anything left that's impressive yeah it, it definitely it definitely is <laughs> so but your journey to being married and having six kids in a more stable life was not something that it started out that way you have journeyed through some difficult times and choices that you look back on and go if I knew now what I didn't know that, you know, it would have been different, but it's what, it's what makes us these journeys, these experiences, even the things we look back and go, gosh, I, I, I really, I would never do that again, but why did it happen perhaps to, you know, strengthen us, test our metal to see that we would choose a different path? Yeah. I mean, I, I tell people laughingly, I've, you name it, I've been through it. <laughs> I could write a book on it. Um, you know, everything from abuse to, you know, both domestic violence and sexual abuse, um, eating disorders, you know, all, just across the gamut, uh, drug addiction. Um, mm. I've, I've gone through pretty much all of it. Some of it was, like you said, they were bad choices that I made. Others were things that were done to me that then caused bad choices. Um, but thankfully, like you also said, all of those things now I get to see those things made good um, by sharing my story and talking to other people and raising awareness, but also bringing hope and healing to women who've experienced it, men who've experienced it, and to parents who may see their child going down a path that I was going to, you know, that it doesn't have to end. Sometimes those things can be turned around and, and they can end up being made beautiful. And, you know, and, and you can use those things to help other people, which is definitely um, what I've tried to do with my life is take all of those experiences and, and use them to help other people that are, that were in the situations that I was in or to help prevent them from going down that way. Kelly, I look back on my own journey, uh, to overcome many chronic ailments and illnesses from my young age zero to one to 24 years of age when I transformed, uh, and, and changed my life. And, and there were many prayers or petitions to God to heal me right? Please heal me. I suffer this and I, I heal me. And I, and I've always often said, you know, if it would have been a lightning bolt from the sky at that moment, I'd have taken it because nothing that the doctors were doing were helping me. And yet I look back also and say, well, it didn't happen that way. I didn't get a lightning bolt, miraculous healing. It was, you know, four or five years after my petitions that were in earnest asking for healing that I met a healer, someone who would teach me how to heal myself. And, and I thought, gosh, you know, what it would have happened if God answered my prayer and struck me with lightning and then I was miraculously healed of everything. Do I, do I then teach people pray for lightning? 
<laughs> or did I, you know, struggle through my own journey to find specific things that I could do to reverse course on many, my, my many diseases and teach others to do the same or better, and then find out it could be duplicated without lightning strikes. <laughs> and so the struggle, which I may have complained about a bit at times, I'll be honest, uh, was very worthwhile and nothing is wasted in the point of these experiences that you have what we can call street credibility to talk to people that would normally go from an academic perspective. What do you know? Right. Right. It's like, Oh, I'll, let me tell you what I've been through. And they go, Oh, now suddenly you have a way to make a bridge to those that might go down a horrible path, might be trapped in one that might be more able and willing to listen to what you have to say and your journey out of it to guide them as well. So as I said, nothing's wasted, even in the midst of our suffering, if we look back and we can actually be grateful for the choices that we made that were wrong and bad if we or when we make different choices. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, I always said, you know, I was the kid and even honestly, I'm still the kid that if you said something was hot, I'd be like, okay, but I didn't actually believe you until I touched it and saw mm -hmm. that it was hot, you know? And in my life, had there been some kind of miraculous thing, it probably wouldn't have worked for me. Mm -hmm. In fact, I can look back and see situations. I was in, a, in an experience where I was living in Arizona and was driving a Jeep Wrangler and was, you know, the top off and was driving and going to turn and a car hit me. And I physically went out of the vehicle and felt something, a being of some sort, grab me and bring me back into the vehicle. Um, but I still, even with that, continued down the path of destruction. And so I was hardheaded and needed to get, you know, to go through those lumps and to go through those experiences so that I could um, be transformed and be changed and rely on my higher, higher power, who for me is Jesus Christ, um, you know, and, and lean on him and see him in my life and, and in that see him in other people. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's definitely every path, everybody's path is different. Everybody's way of getting there, um, can be different. And I have friends who had one bad experience and totally changed and yes. went on the right path, but <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't me. That was, no, that was definitely not me. I made my change at 24 and some people at 50 uh, suffering yes. as much or worse still don't make those changes. It takes what it takes. And I, I look at this statement. What do you think of this? That God loves us enough to allow us to have the experiences necessary to learn how much we really, truly need God in that sense, that yeah. we are oh, allowed absolutely. to abandon and, and do horrible things so that one day we may choose to come back, not by coercion, not by deception, not even by force or violence necessarily, but by choice. And yeah. it takes different things for different people to get there. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's absolutely, would say that would be my story for sure. <laughs> so your journey now through that is very specific. As I see this uh, website, uh, Pro pro love ministries.org. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know if this is yours exclusively. I know there's probably a lot of people plugging in and doing some things with it, but perhaps you can, uh, uh help us understand what this is about promoting new ideas to solve old problems and how you're involved in this particular site. Sure. Rob. So just to backstory, just a little bit, sure. I was, um, molested as a child. I was raped at 12. I got pregnant at 15, had my first abortion, Later, you know, worked in the abortion industry 
and then had subsequent abortions. Um, and I was the woman that you, you know, a lot now that we have Roe versus Wade overturned, there's all these stories about these women who need abortion, you know, the women that are drug addicted, the women who are in domestic violence that don't want to be tied to the men, the women who are young and are in school and don't want to ruin their education, the women who are successful in business and don't want to lose their job and they need abortion. And I was all of those women when I chose abortion and I didn't have resources for me. The number one reason that people have abortion is because of financial resources. And so there are not a lot of financial resources out there for women. Um, and so that's why we have pro-love ministries. Our goal is to fill in the gap of the pro-life movement. There, many people may know about pregnancy resource centers, and, and they are faith-based um, organizations that have been around since before Roe versus Wade even, and have really carried the pro-life movement on their backs by serving women. Unfortunately, many of these places, well, all of them are funded by donations, by churches, by private people. And so they don't have a ton of financial resources to be able to provide for these women. And so a lot of times we have women who are six weeks pregnant or eight weeks pregnant who are considering abortion. And while the care that a pregnancy center will give them may help later in their pregnancy, when I'm six weeks pregnant and a, a freshman in college, I don't care about diapers or baby wipes, you know, or parenting classes. I want to know how I'm going to continue in school. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm a woman in a domestic violence relationship and I found out I'm pregnant and I don't want to be tied to this man forever, you know, I don't really want some of the programs that a lot of places offer. I want to know how to get out and how to get away from him and, and how my life is going to be okay. You know, if I'm a drug addicted woman, I want to know how, what am I, is this going to hurt my baby? You know, how do I get off of drugs? Who's going to help me on that? And there are maternity homes who have been doing that for a very long time, but I can tell you the number of maternity homes are very low. The need is very high. And so we believe at Pro Love Ministries that if women will be empowered, if women will be encouraged, if women will be given resources and shown that they are powerful, that they are capable, then they will choose life and they will choose not just to have a life. We don't want them to have a life where they're barely surviving and barely making ends meet. We want them to have an abundant life. And so because of that, we not only provide for their financial needs, but we also have um, licensed therapists. Our, we have a therapist who does EMDMR training and, and many other different modalities. We have uh, financial coaches that will sit with them and talk to them about budgeting and talk to them about spending and, you know, not just monetary finances, but also time, time management and how to better um, plan their day and plan their mm -hmm. week so they can be more productive. Um, Kelly, so we really look at, at, at as holistic care yeah. for them. This seems to be filling a lot of the gaps when, when uh, accusations are made of pro-life uh, charities and things that are very sure. narrowly focused in terms of just one aspect of this. It sounds like you've kind of blown up into everything and anything you could conceive of in terms of meeting the needs of these moms-to-be potentially to provide in ways that I've not heard before an organization doing. I mean, this, this yeah, seems... Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, I'm just I'm just acknowledging what I'm hearing from you, not only from your journey, but what this organization is doing is so much more than I've heard in terms of the detail and looking at the unique circumstances of each case, because it isn't a one size fits all scenario, is it? No, it's definitely not. And and every woman may have different scenarios, you know, may have different areas in her journey. And we do, again, so value the organizations that have been out there doing it. And we do connect, try to connect these women with local resources because, you know, a lot of our work is done virtually or done by the phone and, and everybody needs a person. I tell some people, you know, I've, I watch American Idol, me and my kids. That's one of our guilty pleasures that we do. And and this season, there were several contestants who didn't submit their own interviews or their own you know applications. Somebody saw them. One was a nanny and her, her employer heard her and submitted it. One, the guy who actually won, not to give any spoilers, mm-hmm. but he was a construction worker. And one of the guys on his crew submitted his application. And this guy's life has been completely changed because he had one person believe in him. Hmm. And so we think that if these women can have one person believe in them and say, hey, I'm here, I'm going to walk with you. I'm not going to leave you behind. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be here. I'm going to help you get yeses and then connect them with local resources that can be those boots on the ground. We're seeing amazing things with these women where they are really transforming their lives to where this baby has actually been the greatest thing for them because they've Mm. connected with us and we've helped them, you know, continue in a way that they didn't have before change patterns and change thought processes and change bad habits and really turn into not just great moms, but turn into really amazing women who are some of them even now wanting to volunteer with us because Mm. they've seen the change that it's had in them. So it is, it's a pretty extraordinary thing. I I sense a transformation of worldview is the focus. And that worldview shifts when you meet that mom to be potentially where they are at, where they are. And, and then suddenly the view of this child is, fill in the negative context or connotation to their life to my gosh, this gift of life is the most extraordinary thing ever. I'm so excited. I can't wait. And, and yet that's again, not done in a vacuum by saying you must love this child. You must believe it's more like, let's look at the entire life, what you're going through and let's transform these areas. And suddenly the consciousness shift results in an appreciation perhaps of that life to be rather than a, you know, a discarding situation scenario, or I guess there are some cases where, Maybe the children are then put up for adoption if it's just too overwhelming. But again, it's it's a pro-life scenario and it's it, nothing less. Yeah, than I mean, is. we've we've had a few that have placed babies for adoption. The, the interesting thing, Rob, is, you, you know, not only do, do they begin to value this child's life, they do that for sure, but they begin to value their own life. Mm, and for beautiful. me, that was what turned me from being pro-choice to pro-life was when I began to value my own life and see that I had value to myself and I had value to other people, then I began to value other people's life. And Mm. so I became pro-life. And and that is really the most miraculous transformation because anybody sees a cute baby and they're, you know, they're cute. Like, Mm. you know, that's just, that's an easy. But when you're a woman who's had a bad background or had a rough life to think, hey, you know what? I'm precious too. Hey, I'm important too. Hey, I've got value and something to contribute. Then that really changes the paradigm and changes mm. everything for these women. 
All right. Well, uh, I've got more questions for you. I'm just fascinated about your journey and, and what you're doing now. I just love hearing the, the, the broader way you're addressing this through this group at ProLoveMinistries.org. Speaking of the health of children, uh, especially, you know, once they're here, of course, it's like, come on, what are we doing to these kids? And I've talked about the medical penchant for injecting poisons into children and pretending that there's no consequence to that but also from the standpoint of what they eat, what they're exposed to. And it's true of adults too. And Super Don, you remind me, of course, our friends at Orange Guard, because we now, for those of you who are growing things or if you don't like bugs around you, I'm just urging people to look deeper into the options that are not poisonous, toxic, and cancer-causing. Uh, our friend Tor McPartland developed this many years ago. He actually got it approved as a, as a, registered as a pesticide, but it's a, it's, it's a distillate from the orange peel. It's basically delimiting from orange peel. And it is so clean that I, on the air a few weeks ago now, I don't know, two plus weeks ago now, I squirted it in my mouth to show you I can drink it and be fine. I'm still alive, still doing fine. In fact, the science of delimiting is fascinating as a health benefit, but I'm not recommending people drink it. I'm just saying that's how safe it is. It won't harm the kids. It won't harm the pets. And your, your home and around it will smell like oranges. How great is that? There's me in my greenhouse using the Orange Guard. You can get it at local retailers like uh, Ace Hardware stores do that. And, and by the way, I went to the Ace Hardware store and paid in goldbacks. So uh, they are uh, looking at companies, even though Ace is a bigger company, there's a more neighborhood feel to it than these multinational companies out there that are doing things. So I, I appreciate them carrying the Orange Guard or you can go to orangeguard.com and get that. And I just add that into the mix because we're all concerned about those of you who are here and know the health consequences of toxic poisons. Unlike most doctors, many doctors that don't yet, uh, they're starting to come around, thankfully. But looking at supporting life is not just about when you get here, that's all you got to do. Let's now look at what is affirming life in terms of exposure, in terms of food and other things like that. And uh, Kelly Lester's with us. Uh, we have ProLoveMinistries.org. Her journey is extraordinary. And I imagine the other site you have is called, which is abortionworker.com. Are you talking about your, you actually worked in an abortion clinic? I did, yeah. I was the receptionist at... Um, the clinic where I'd had one of my abortions. Um, so I got to see the behind the scenes of the abortion industry. Um, abortionworker.com is, and then there were none is the ministry name. Mm. Um, and we have over 625 workers who have left the abortion industry. Our goal is if a, if a worker wants to leave, then we will connect them with resources so that they can leave the abortion industry. Um, and then again, we put them through a holistic healing process because there's a lot that is witnessed in an abortion facility that causes a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and most women, nobody wakes up and says, hey, today I want to go work in the abortion industry. You know, most people that go into the abortion industry, they themselves have experienced trauma. Many of them are post-abortive. In fact, most of us are post-abortive. And so we get into that. And then while we're there, we experience more trauma. And so healing is a very big part of what we do within Then There Were None. Um, and so we have a three-phase healing process. Again, we have licensed therapists, financial coaches. We help with resume writing, um, support groups. We have the whole thing. Um, and just building a community because when you've been through an experience like working in the the abortion industry like us um connecting with other people that have so you can talk about certain things that mm -hmm. if i were to talk about them with you you would you would be totally disgusted and freak out but if i can talk to somebody else who's worked in the abortion industry then they're like wow i remember that too i remember that smell i remember that sound you know those different things and that helps bring healing um to us workers and so that's that's what that one is 
Yeah, I'm just thinking there's got to be a lot of grace here to go through what you've gone through to have, uh, you know, the life that you're leading now, six kids married, et cetera. And it's just like, uh, again, a living example for what's possible. Uh, but yeah, to, to be in that industry and see what you saw, there's so much of uh, what we call um, the Hegelian dialectic played out through the political discourse and news media that tends to divide and anger. And you see only hatred and rage. And I'm not denying those emotions are real. They are real. But the question is, with your experience, what are you able to do or what have you seen in terms of bridging that divide where there isn't a lot of actual discussion, discourse, intellectual integrity on either side sometimes, and then the people never come together for healing? It's really hard because for so long, abortion was a taboo subject. And, you know, even the, the mantra of it was we want to make it safe, legal and rare. And nobody said the word abortion. Nobody talked about abortions. And but at the same time, women were still having lots of abortions. Um, you know, I myself was one of the women that was having abortions in this time. And it wasn't something that you heard about or you talked about. It was kind of the dirty little secret that mm. that that we had. Um, and working in the industry, it was the same thing. You know, it was, I worked there, I was pro-choice, but if someone asked me where I worked, I said I worked at a women's clinic. I wouldn't tell them that I worked in an abortion clinic. The dialogue has changed a bit to where now it's abortion on demand without apology. And it's it's toted as reproductive care, reproductive freedom, reproductive rights. Or, or family planning, weirdly or enough. Or family is, planning. No, absolutely. We, we learned from uh, our, our PhD uh, new friend uh, from what was the name of the network that he helped was part of? In, uh, was it Joe Wang uh, from China originally is in Canada? And he described the Chinese Communist Party talking about the one uh, child policy was called family planning. It's a communist yeah. agenda. And they actually would force abortions. They would force sterilization. They call it family planning. Yeah, it's so kind of going off of that. You know, right now there are many corporations Apple, Amazon, Dick's Sporting Goods, Patagonia, pretty much you name it. That's a big Starbucks, you know, that's a big company. They are paying for their employees to have abortions if they are in a state where abortions are illegal. So they are not only paying for the procedure, but they are paying for them to travel out of state. They are paying for if they have children at home, they are paying for childcare for those children at home. They're paying for the entire process. So it costs the woman nothing. And everybody asks me, why would they do that? You know, what's the reason behind doing that? The reason behind doing it, that is those women have to take off at maximum one week from work. And then they are back at work being productive members of their job force. If a woman gets pregnant, she's going to have at least, at minimum by law, six weeks maternity leave. Many places do eight or 12 weeks paid or unpaid. She's then going to have a dependent who's going to increase their insurance premiums. She is also then going to be more likely to be calling out for sick, for child illness, you know, for school being out. And so her productivity goes down at work. So while these corporations are saying this, 
is a reproductive care and a reproductive freedom and women's empowerment. What it really is, is it's a masking of the Chinese one child thing, because they know that if these women do not have children and do not get pregnant, they will be better, quote unquote, better employees for them. And so it's it's a very interesting change of how it is. But then, you know, the thing that these companies are not thinking about is the mental, the emotional repercussions that many of these women are going to be experiencing from this procedure. And there's not been a lot of study about that. There hasn't right. been a lot of talk about the emotional and mental causes or effects. And the reason for that is because it was, you know, not something that was spoken about for years and years. And now it's on demand without apology. And so women do not feel like they have permission to regret or to have sadness or to have sorrow because it's a normal part of being a woman is what you are told. You know, it's something that's just normal. And so when for me, if I don't feel like it's normal or I feel sadness, I don't feel like I can tell people that because then I'm not normal. And so it's this whole cyclical thing that then women don't talk about it. So then it becomes normal. You know, I mean, it's this process um, that is going on. And and it's again, it's very much like what you were talking about with China, where we are controlling women by saying you're better off by not having a child. And we're going to help pay for that by doing this process. We're not putting money. These companies aren't putting money into maternal care. They're not putting money into hospitals so that they get better care or into midwives or into home births or into homeopathy. Like you were talking about earlier yeah. with the pregnancy, they're not putting money into any of that. They're putting money into terminating this pregnancy so these women can get back to work. Why is the question? Why is uh, that? I, I was just saying that they, they, they make the argument, this is healthcare. You're denying healthcare for, yeah. for women. I'm like, Really, where's the health? Where's the care in, in that? And of course, in a broader sense, allopathic medicine doesn't have a lot of health or care in it. And and that's, right. you know, almost by design because it's basically poisoning for profit uh, or cutting on people for profit. And I'm not saying there's never a place or a time for those things, but it's certainly a smaller percentage than it is today. And it certainly shouldn't exist in a monopoly uh, and, and any more than, you know, the control over women's bodies by you know pretending this is family planning and healthcare delivery. It's, it's not. So at the pro love, uh, ministries.org, I imagine that there are people in this audience. We got an uh, audience around the world, even, uh, that may say, man, I've had some experiences like Kelly, particularly women, obviously. And, and I would like to now help people because I've been through it and I've made different choices, better choices. And I feel good about now being able to, because they're seeing you do it. They might suddenly be stimulated and go, I want to help. Is there a place for them with Pro Love Ministries to help? Sure. If you go to the Pro Love Ministries website, there is a tab for jobs and volunteers. So Pro Love actually has projects that are our, our individual projects that come under our 501c3 umbrella. Mm -hmm. And one of those is Love Line, which is a 24-hour crisis line for women um, who have are pregnant or have young children. Um, yeah, there you go. There's that tab. And then the other we have affiliates. So these are separate 501c3s that come under our umbrella. Um, and they fill a specific uh, area in the pro-life movement. And so you can go on there and see like there is National Safe Haven Alliance. So the National Safe Haven, that is the baby boxes you may have heard of. So if a woman has a child 
up to a certain period. Some, some that depends state by state, but they can put this a baby in this box. An alarm goes off, and they're notified that a baby's in there, and there's no questions asked. So it's a safe way for them to surrender their children, um, and the child be safe and not wow. be dropped in a dumpster or you know right. on a step of a of a firehouse like we used to see in movies mm-hmm. um and so there's different volunteer opportunities there um money quite honestly money right now is a huge way so financially to to help um we had we've had 36 women contact us today on our hotline needing help and all of them need financial help um and we don't get any you know government grants or government funding um, why am i not so surprised we, you're doing what you're well, doing right exactly no mm. that that's another that's a whole nother conversation but um mm. you know so definitely money would be a way and we do need volunteers we need people to help with case management and you know all kinds of different ways so you can go on there and find a way you know something else is like i we had 35 women in the city i live in virginia so in the state of virginia we had 35 women go through the Department of Health. The Department of Health did not have resources for them. So the Department of Health started referring these women to our organization. Oh. And so very interesting, right? That, that's something I, I almost didn't expect either that they would immediately dump them into a, a Planned Parenthood, you know, location, you know, as well, they getting... would have if they were pregnant, but these women want to parent. And ah, so, okay. you know, so that's why they're coming to us. Um, and so we are having to fill the, the gaps where the government couldn't fill. So we're providing, you know, finances. We're also providing material resources. Many of these women are undocumented. Um, some are refugees. Uh, we've had some from Af- Afghanistan, from Syria, from different places. Um, and the government can't help them. So we are. Yeah. So I've started gathering stuff, you know, for these women. So Find what, you know, helping nationally is great. I'm mm. I'm a big advocate for that, but I also believe that you need to be plugging in locally. So yeah, yeah that's where the real, the real healing begins. The real help happens locally. And of course, yeah. when you look to the government to hand out, uh, there's always strings attached that corrupts the original mission and maybe sometimes reverts it to the opposite of what it intended to be. Uh, and, and I wish that uh, government would get out of the business of so-called charity because it's not charity when government does it. It's a whole other thing. And then we would have more people freed up and their resources freed up to truly care and, and act on their impulses to care, right? And actually well, have the economic what, resources to. That's why pro-love ministries is different than the government because mm-hmm. the government, you have to, they incentivize you not to work. I've got a client right now who, if she goes to work, she loses her housing. But if she and she doesn't have money to pay for childcare, but if she doesn't work, she has all of her needs provided for. Isn't that, and yeah. so it's this incentivizing her to not go to work where what we will do is we'll come up with a case plan for her and we will, you know, almost not to say reward her efforts by helping pay her rent because we're going to provide for her needs first. Um, but we're going to walk with her so that she can get out of that systemic poverty, get out of that systemic need of the government. Now, that doesn't mean we won't use some government resources to help along the way, but that's not the goal. The goal is to get her financially independent, to get her off of that assistance. And we want to be the one with her because we're not going to tell her if you take our money that we're going to, you know, take away your housing or whatever. We want to help incentivize her with that. So look in your area. If you want to help find places in your area that are helping, um, you know, definitely life affirming places because, I can tell you Planned Parenthood is not life affirming. Yes, Planned Parenthood does provide some other services for women. 
Well, it's usually majority, radiating radiating their breast tissue, which causes cancer. Mammograms. Or providing, I mean, Planned Parenthood's right. main moneymakers right now are abortion and hormone therapy for people right. that are trying to and, transition. And, and that both of them arguably can result in cancer. And, and I yeah. say the abortion relationship to that cancer is the scar tissue and other things that remain behind that may never yes. heal. They become sites of, uh, uh, let's say, from a homeopathic perspective, a lack of a vital force flowing through those tissues and that results in potentially cancerous growth down the road. So pretty much all the healthcare that they're involved in can cause cancer. I'm just saying it. Right 100%. Out loud. No. And, yeah. and the reason that I left the abortion industry, one of my jobs was the recovery room and the number of women that were hemorrhaging from their procedures in the recovery room and what we would do now we're talking about healthcare, right? This yeah. is healthcare. What we would do is we would take them back to the procedure room. We would fix whatever we had done wrong or, or put a bandaid on it. Mm -hmm. We would send them on their way and never told them what had happened to them. And so there are women who are not able to get pregnant now. There are women now who are dealing with fibroids and dealing with cancer and dealing with all kinds of issues from abortions that they had years and years ago hmm. that there were complications and no one ever told them. Yeah. And we would give them a bunch of birth control so that they would not come see us anymore fully well knowing that 30% of women that have abortions were actively using birth control at the time of their abortions. Mm -hmm. So not only were we increasing their cancer with the birth control, but we were pretty much guaranteeing us a repeat customer. So the mm -hmm. whole process is very manipulative. Um, you know, and for those of you that are listening to this because of the homeopathic stuff, there's nothing homeopathic or natural or, mm -mm. I mean, it's all, it's no, all that. I, I would say, you know, I, there's so many remedies I would uh, provide to, to a woman that had been through that to recover, hopefully healthily to never have to do that again. But that's not, as you said, part of that allopathic journey and, and um, the termination of life at levels and, and at times where you'd be like, no, they didn't do that. I mean, so many of the controversies we've heard about of, of uh, uh, marketing body parts from abortion oh, yeah. and meta, I mean, these are real things. These are not made up. And, no. and yet where you're going again is so much broader and deeper in terms of the, the, the culture of the crisis that it is and resolving it in a way that I, I feel much less, uh, you know, political or even, you know, even for some that are opposed to this religious judgment about a procedure like that, where it causes people to further divide rather than how do we, how do we bring people together and, and you know, maybe break this cycle. And this is what I sense from you and this organization, the Prolove Ministries, is is quite refreshing, uh, to say the least, on an issue that has been so divisive for so long. Yeah, I had two friends of mine, one from a couple of years ago that we've moved and separated, and one from high school that reached out to me that are very pro-choice. They are adamant supporters of Planned Parenthood, and they both said, hey, can we post information about your organization on our wow. One does a podcast and she said, yeah. like, can I talk about your organization on our, my podcast? Because you, what you guys are doing is incredible. And the other one is, she said, could I post information about your organization on our protest pages? Because I think, yes, people should be donating to Planned Parenthood. But I also think that these women who have children coming, we need to be part of the solution. Wow. Um, and so I thought yeah. that was a real testament, testament That's... to our ministry and what we're yeah. doing. Um, because we do, you know, we don't ask people to be pro-life to come and get our services. We just want to love the women. 
and mm. B for these women, what we didn't have. Almost everybody yeah. that's on staff or volunteers had some kind of similar experience. And so mm -hmm. we want to be the change. You know, we yeah. want to support them and be for them what we didn't have and help them make good choices and, and really be successful. Man, that's where the real healing is happening, Kelly. I'm so con so really appreciative of what you're doing and so grateful that we've connected. Do you have any events that you, do you travel and speak at events at all? Or are you pretty much in Virginia alone or what, what happens? Oh there? no, I try, yeah. <laughs> I travel and speak. So I, I took the summer off because of my six kids. I wanted to mm -hmm. stay home and enjoy the time with them, but sure. September, October, and November, I am all over the place. I'm going to New York and Ohio and Louisiana and Alabama and um, Texas and all over the place, traveling and speaking um, at different fundraisers and, and benefits and things. Um, so yeah, so people want to go on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, okay. which I know you guys aren't because you're banned. But well, I mean, it's you... <laughs> weird. It's weird because you know, we, they said we engaged in hate speech and never really, uh, what did we say that was hateful? Nothing of course. And they say, okay, you're not banned, but then they've stopped our live transmissions. Uh -huh. And so we're there, but we're not there. So I'm glad that we can be here at the Robert Scott Bell show website stream live. And, and there are other digital platforms that we're still going out on. And, you know, I don't know if you've met that because anything of controversy, right? It results yeah. more likely in shadow banning at the least and deplatforming at the, you know, the total worst. And, you know, what you're doing is so different, as you pointed out, the last two examples from very pro, you know, choice, so to speak, pro-abortion groups saying, hey, we like what you're doing. That's like, that's unheard of. So you're really, you are bridging the gap, I believe, with love, as the, the ministry name indicates. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, it's, it's hard because there are people that, you know, it's still just because we are pro-life, they don't want to listen to us. And, and, you know, I've done some fundraisers and heard some things, but it doesn't matter. You know, I don't care. I know what I know. I know what I know about, about the abortion discussion, because I know all sides of it. And, um, you know, and most of us at pro-love ministries do, and we really do love women. I mean, it's not about, saving babies. I love babies, but I, honestly, I care more about the women. Um, and we want to be there for them and try to help them and walk with them and, uh, you know, and just show them that there's a better way that, that they are better than abortion, that they, that that is not the best thing for them, that that is not their best option. And that Planned Parenthood doesn't care about them. They say that they do, no, but they, they don't, don't. No. they care about their money mm -hmm. and it, that's it. Like yeah. go to Planned Parenthood and tell them you want some diapers or go to Planned Parenthood and tell them that you want childcare so that you can go to school or go to Planned Parenthood and say that you want, you know, anything as far as that's concerned and you're not going to get it right now. Planned Parenthood isn't even doing follow up appointments for their abortion procedures. So not only, you know, they're just giving you the procedure, taking your money and then saying, good luck, go out the door, you know, and the medication abortion is something else, Rob, that you should definitely look into mm. and talk to your listeners about, because that is some, that is where the abortion industry is going and Ooh, it is so that, yeah. dangerous. You, you think about the resilience of a body that is developing, helping to develop and supporting new life in it. How much has been built into that system of fail safe to prevent a failure of that pregnancy, uh, you know, a, a, a spontaneous abortion or a miscarriage. And then what medicine medical man is doing is creating something so toxic, so poisonous, so abusive to the normal function of the body that it results in the termination of a pre pregnancy chemically. And tell me how that's safe for the mom. 
And that's best case scenario, right? right? right. That's best case scenario is that it's a complete abortion. Everything goes as planned. That's best case. Worst case, you're further along than you thought you were, or the pills that you took are not as effective as they thought they were going to be. And you have Mm -hmm. a partial abortion and you still have body parts inside of you, or we're seeing trauma from this, Mm -hmm. from women that are, this is now no longer your doctor doing this to you. This is you at home by yourself, experiencing Mm -hmm. the whole thing by yourself. And it is so dangerous. And they're being told not to go back to the doctor, go to the ER and tell them you've had a miscarriage. So they're not even treating you for the procedure that was done. The whole thing is the amount, unfortunately, the amount of deaths and injuries to women that we're going to see from this is going to absolutely go through the roof over the next coming months. It's, it's yeah. going to happen. It's more of the poison for profit industry, the medical yes. monopoly. Uh, in many ways, it's uh, Luciferian. Uh, you know, it's born out of pharmacia, which is sorcery. And it's not, you know, life supporting, life affirming. Uh, what what you're doing, Kelly, is just amazing. Like you said, I'm only sorry I didn't hear about this sooner, that we could have gotten you on sooner. But I'm grateful that we've gotten you on now. And you mentioned something about caring more for the moms than the kids. Now, somebody might say, oh, you don't care for No, no, no. What I hear is reality is that when you care for the moms to be this way, that is more likely to save the life of a child not yet born than anything else we've seen as far as efficiency and action, right? So the end result is actually better by moving this direction. I sense, I sense, I'm not an expert in this area, but I sense your experience is such that it's turned a lot of folks around to support life that may not have had you not taken this this tact. Yeah, our job's not to to love these babies. That's the mom's job, you know? Like that our job is to love her and to really let her be a good mom. Now that does again, that doesn't mean we don't love the babies because we do. Yeah, we love having true. them and seeing the pictures of them, but she needs somebody saying we are here for you. Mm-hmm. And so that she can be a good mom and love the baby. And, and that's what we are seeing. We are absolutely seeing it time after time, after time, after time, these women saying, you know, just thank you for being there for me. Thank you for yeah. believing in me. Thank you for showing up for me. And, you know, and it's, it's been, it's been awesome far and far better resor- results than if we had just been focused on the child. Okay. Uh, and thankfully the, the, the pro-life movement's moving in that direction as a whole, you know, really seeing her and really valuing her as much as the baby. So the pro-love ministries, I want to make sure if those that are still using Facebook, there's some good that happens there like this. Where would they find that site? Pro-love ministries on Facebook? Yep. So you can go to pro-love ministries on Facebook and just do a search for it. Um, There's also, um, and then there were none, I think. I'm trying to think, remember, I'm so sorry. I should have had this pulled up. Okay. I found pro love ministries. I just did a real easy search on Facebook and yet there it is and it fully links. So that's a wonderful place. So that's also where they're more likely to find out if there's events in their area, things that, or you might be speaking Kelly. Yes. Yeah. And so, and then, and then there were none. So if you go to, and then there were none pro life outreach on Facebook, mm-hmm. you can connect with the other organization that helps abortion workers. And then if you go to Kelly Lester speaker on Facebook, that'll give you the direct connection to me um, where I put, you know, updates about me speaking and so forth. Okay. Let me try to find that Kelly Lester speaker. 
yeah. We're just to make sure we have, you know, easy ways to access you. There we go. Kelly speaks. No, Kelly, that might be harder to find. <laughs> Page motivational speaker. Is it listed? As? That should be it. I think so. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Key Kelly Lester for life motivational speaker. I see that. And you can book, let me like that page. So now I've liked that page. Okay. Very oh, good. good. Yeah. So again, <laughs> thank you. Just blessed to connect with you, Kelly. And uh, I just would uh, love to see more people support what you're doing as well as volunteer, because I'm sure there are a lot of people didn't know that there was an outlet for their experience to, to take what they've been through that may have been harsh and horrible and brutal. Like, you know, as you described briefly what you've been through and turn it into something so powerful and loving uh, to heal the next generation coming through to not have to go through the same traumas and tragedies. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a woman who's had an abortion or a man who's participated in an abortion, you are not alone. You know, it is not the quote unquote unpardonable sin. There is help and healing out there for you and get that healing because it's really important that you go through that. There was a loss. There was a loss there. Um, regardless of the reason for why you did it, there was a loss. And so get that healing so that you can then be empowered to help and, you know, and heal others. Yeah. All right. Well, again, great, great connecting with you, Kelly. Everybody check it out. Links are up in the show notes at robertscatbell.com. Uh, if you'd like to support the organization, volunteer, whatever, love to hear your stories. If you can plug into that and, and Kelly, we get you back on anytime. If there's something that's love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be is happy it? to be on. There's a bit of breaking news I might have to cover next hour about uh, somebody blew up the Georgia Guidestones or they fell down. That was a you know, population reduction kind of weird thing. Uh, I may have to talk about that next hour since we're on the topic of life and supporting life. So anyway, yeah, big <laughs> hugs to you. I'm sure your husband you. is amazing and those six kids of yours. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for all that you're doing, Kelly. Thank you. I appreciate it, Rob. Have a good day. All right. You too. Take care. So we got a lot more healing to go on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hour two coming up in just a moment. Like I said, I've just made an editorial decision. Actually, Super Don could find something about the Georgia Guidestone crumbling. That's an interesting story, nonetheless, of other things we are going to cover in hour two. So share the show with friends. Uh, those of you used to watching it on social media, it's limited. So invite them on over to the chat room at robertscottbell.com slash listen. And uh, we'll see what's going on in the chat room during this break as well. And be back with more powerful healing because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right. We will be talking a little bit about autism. You saw autism one is coming up in the upcoming events uh, page. That's uh, August 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st. Mesa, Arizona, Phoenix area. I know it's going to be hot, but come on, we'll be indoors for the most part and join us and many families, many doctors coming together to do what we can to reverse, you know, if you have to only manage the worst of it, whatever, or prevent all of the above is discussed. And it's a very welcoming and loving group that's coming together in the desert, autismone.org. Uh, and again, linked up at the, uh, uh, not only in the show notes, but if you go to the upcoming events tab at robertscatbell.com, you'll see a lot of these things that are coming. In fact, this weekend, I'm so close, I can, I can taste it, you know, so to speak. The Red Pill, the Red Pill Expo is coming up this very weekend, July 9th and 10th, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to be heading to Indianapolis after the show Thursday. 
Uh, but we will be doing live shows Thursday and plan for a live show Friday from Indianapolis before the Red Pill Expo actually opens. Uh, I'd love to see you there. We have a link on the upcoming events tab that you'll eventually be able to find tickets. And it streams live if you can't meet us there in Indianapolis for that great event. Apparently, I am uh, emceeing. Apparently. Yeah, no, I am. And I'm opening. I think this is what happened when I did their uh, MC job before. I opened the uh, event as well with a lecture, although it's a briefer than I'd like, but I'm going to condense it into uh, a lot of solutions people don't tend to know about as much. So we got that coming up. Uh, Defending Utah has invited me to be a part of their event, Health Solutions Symposium, Friday, July 15th. That'll be at the Salt Lake Community Center in Sandy, Utah. And there are online Zoom links as well as uh, tickets for the day of. And Dr. Scott Bradley will be there, Jordan Cassidy and, Gunder- and Cassidy Gunderson, as well as the Health Independence Alliance. Great group there. Um, we got online events all the time. We've got the Journey of Healthcare, the Interactive Summit. We talked a bit about that yesterday with Tracy Strout and Joe Messino. Jamie Dorley from Nutritional Frontiers has got that rocking. And uh, we'll also have Dr. Len and Dr. Judy Mikovits joining us at that event. That will be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, August 6th, the Saturday. And beyond that, it, it will stream live too. So you can buy tickets to watch it uh, online as well. Uh, I mentioned Autism One. Then we have the United States Health Freedom Congress. If you'd like to support health freedom, that group, Diane Miller and crew, amazing what they do. Uh, September 23rd and 24th in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, back to Orlando. I haven't been back in a while. The Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. And that's going to be uh, the 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Hyatt Regency of October, Hyatt Regency, Orlando, Florida. And then the big one, the Health Freedom Expo, October 15th and 16th, uh, 2022 in Tinley Park, just outside of Chicago. Now, uh, someone was mentioning that the uh, Georgia Guidestones had uh, come down or some of them were damaged, something like that. Super Don found found, uh, uh, an article here. Uh, Georgia Guidestones explosion. Blast has destroyed a large portion of the monument, police say. Uh, Georgia says monument known as America's Stonehenge. Well, only because there's stones that are upright, but what's inscribed on them, I think is quite different than Stonehenge. I'm not sure that they were, uh, were they about population reduction at Stonehenge? Maybe they were up sacrificing. Oh, there you go. Superdon's got some, uh, wow. That was a massive explosion to take down one of those monoliths, so to speak. And you know, the controversy of, of that, I don't know if anybody knows who funded this for being produced, but it is a globalist population reductionist screed. You know, we want to we want to bring the population of planet Earth down to 500,000 people. Well, who gets to choose which 500,000 get to live? You know, I always think about this. The people that want to reduce the population. Um, well, why don't you volunteer first before you volunteer everybody else against their will that want to live? I think that'd be a more reasonable solution. Not that I'm advocating suicide, but good Lord. I I don't know if it's wrong to say, I'd rather you take yourself out than, than murder innocents. You know, if that's the case, then, then it's on you, but the guidestones, somebody blew up. Now I'm not advocating destruction of private property here at all, but I I would be, it would be really cool if this were a lightning strike that caused it. That would be awesome. Then we go, Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. But apparently somebody, Maybe blew it up with dynamite or something. Superdon, are you so, reading anything into so, this? Well, I mean, I'm just, I, I'd heard of, of them. I I really had never even really learned what they were or what mm-hmm. the deal is with that. You're from, originally from Georgia. Many years ago in Elberton near South so Carolina State you, you Line. probably yeah. have more of a, they call it America Stonehenge. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I guess they don't really know what's going on at this point. Um, Isn't it interesting they use they use Babylonian cuneiform, uh, classical Greek, Sanskrit, and Egyptian hieroglyphics on it? 
You, you're talking about Latin. This is way beyond Latin. So what's the yeah? But what's the what's the story on on this here? What I mean, what's the well? As I said, it's from, a, it's or? a it's a population reductionist screed about reducing the world population to half a million, five hundred thousand. That's my memory of it. But the, it, there's mystery surrounding it because does anybody know who actually funded it to exist? I mean, who did this? Well, I'm just saying. Schwab I mean, I mean, do you know? Do you know what the story is behind it? I mean, did they? Some people just wake up and suddenly it was there, or. It is a bit from? of a mystery. That's my, my really? read on it. I haven't, yeah, I haven't got This is like one of those it. things you'll see on ancient aliens or something? Yeah, it's uh... not so much. Because, uh, you know, in a modern context, it's not that old. And, yes, yeah, somebody had to fund it, even though it's a bit mysterious. But the fact that it's promoting population reduction, it, you know, is it somebody warning the world that there is are that people trying really to do it? Is that what it really says on it? Or yeah, no. It wants, what does it say? It, it wants to reduce the population down to five hundred thousand people. It literally says that on there. Yeah. Please reduce your population. Well, I'm not. I'm not giving you the quote, but yes, it's indicated. The number <laughs> is there, and it's written in in five Sanskrit or more languages. Twelve right? languages, I think, are listed on. Uh, there. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, do you remember? It what was weird. a year ago, a couple years ago. Those monoliths were showing up just like randomly everywhere. Yeah, I, remember I that. Know. Yeah, these things also yeah. uh, serve as an astronomical calendar. So there is a reference point to a Stonehenge because it did align with, you know, the solstice, the equinox, that kind of thing. Uh, so there is some of that involved in it. So one could say then that the person that blew it up maybe was somebody maybe um, that was against what it was about or what it said on there. Correct. Yeah, I mean, that's your first indication, first thought is like, uh, I want to put the word out that we don't like this, right? And you don't like what it mm. says. Uh, as I said, I'm not advocating destruction of private property in this way, but whatever. Somebody's blew it up. That's nobody, just one of those things I've never nobody's heard, heard about. Heard, really. uh, hurt, I think. There's nobody, no injuries or anything that are reported. That would uh, this be would like be an Art Bell kind of a, an episode or something. Right? Yeah, an act of vandalism, <laughs> mysterious vandalism. But as I said, the... Uh, the mystery surrounding is like, why would they erect these things in the middle of Elberton, Georgia? And then why would they have a message of population reduction like this down to that level? Why, why, why? And maybe some of y'all know more than I do about it, but I've known about it for years. I've never visited it, but I think Ula is close to it in South Carolina. All so you can right, check so it out. What I'm reading here it says the, the enigmatic roadside attraction was built in 1980 from local granite commissioned by an unknown person or group under the name of R.C. Christian. Hmm. The uh, 19-foot-high panels bear a 10-part message in eight different languages with guidance for living in an age of reason. One part calls for keeping world population at 500 million or oh, 500 below. Million, not 500,000. Huh? 500 million or right. below, while hmm. another calls to guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Mm-hmm. It also serves as a sundial and an astronomical calendar. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I get it. I, I know there are there are people that maybe <laughs> not part of the globalist agenda of population reduction really believe that the earth can only sustain, as they say here, what, five million people? Is it? Um or under I don't know what the number is. I like I said I remembered five, but five hundred thousand, five million, whatever it is. Uh yet we know that the release of oil from the planet itself has facilitated population explosions beyond what has ever been recorded in history. Oh. And some would say that, I guess that they're doing us all a favor by reducing the population, but I'm saying, 
if you really want to reduce the population, why don't you take yourself out first and leave other people to figure out how they want to do it? Because we're pretty much pro-life here. We don't believe in ending life early, terminating life early. There's the actual uh, footage of it. They actually up. have CCTV footage, footage uh, yeah. that showed it, it exploding there. It'll, it'll wow. play. Ula yeah. says she didn't do it. I believe her. Last time I checked, uh, she's not. She is an expert making Polish pierogi, <laughs> but she doesn't put dynamite in the. Pierogi. It wasn't her, yeah, huh? It wasn't no. I don't. I'll stand by. I'll be somehow an alibi. All right, uh, one more so. time here. You can see it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's a powerful explosion to blow up granite like that. Yeah. So, so I guess you could find out who had the munitions experience to be able to do that. Well, and if they've got footage of it exploding, wouldn't they? Yeah. You'd think they'd have footage of somebody walking over to it and putting something on it too, but right? They were you probably know? wearing masks because they were afraid of COVID too. Maybe oh, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. Maybe they were dressed up as a piece of granite. And they mm. just kind of. Hey, Super D, what do you think? Kelly Lester was amazing. That was honestly the most refreshing. Uh, a way of going about resolving a very divisive issue that is yeah. so filled with anger, animosity, violence, all of that, and well, with love. I have to say, I'm so impressed with that. It's going beyond the we're against and we're for thing, but you know, going deeper into uh, you know the situation, going further than than any other organization I've ever heard. Maybe there's more out there like that. Yeah, but, I'm uh, sure there are. I mean, we don't we don't we can't follow everything, but it was a really nice connection there. And I think well, yeah. it was Kevin doing that again, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, yes, God bless was. Kevin for what he's doing. That's amazing. I didn't even find out till this morning who Kelly Lister was. That's so funny how this works, but they've been great. I have to say, yeah. uh, I don't think Kevin's thrown us a dud in the mix. So, so far, so good. Keep it up. Right. That's a batting average you'd be proud of. Anybody would. Um, yep. Super D, what's the baby watch update? Any other messages we should know about? Uh, let's see here. Still, uh, still waiting. Hmm. Still waiting at this point. Eventually here, they're going to uh, break the water. Okay. Um, and then we'll know what uh, the dilation is. So they're making, they're, they're, they're just, they're getting this baby out today. That's yeah, yeah, I know. It's happening. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ah, well, gone are the days where they let you go 10 months. But then again, the women that went 10 months were probably angry. <laughs> or labor for three for days. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So we have Autism One coming up. There's an, a story here out of the Daily Mail UK on autism. It says autism among American children and teens surged 50% in three years from 2017. With one in 30 kids diagnosed with this disorder by 2020, the study had found. Um, I'm thinking three years from 2017. When was the Disney measles, Disney measles, Disneyland measles thing? Was that 2015, 2017? When they started was, trying to close the loophole? I want to say people? it was 2014. Let me was verify it that early. That. Yeah. Let me verify that. Let's see. Disneyland measles. That's all you have to do and it'll pop right up. And that was such a scam. The claim that, that was, that, yeah. December of 2014 is when good that memory started. on that. So three years later, 2017. Now we got the three years from 2017 to 2020, uh, autism among children and teens search 50%. Think about that. Three years from 2017 to 2020, a 50% surge in the cases. Now, you know where they're going to fall down on this and, and from a mainstream media protect uh, the cause at any at any cause, uh, if you will. That would be we're better at diagnosing. So you mean to tell me suddenly from 2017 to 2018 to 2019, those three years prior to COVID and all that craziness, 
that we suddenly made a massive leap in diagnostic capacity that, in, that resulted in 50% increase? Our, I mean, I know what the skeptics would say, of course. They'll say, yeah, yeah, we, we got that good. The technology got that good. But really, what was the difference between 2016 and 2017? Was there some kind of diagnostic tool or technique that was developed at that year that suddenly we've surged 50% only because we're better at diagnosing it, right? Super D, you can hear them. You can hear the skeptics. That's their yes, argument. Yes, of course. Absolutely. I'm like, there's, sorry, I'm not buying it, as you might imagine. Researchers at Guangdong Pharmaceutical University in China found that 3.49% of U.S. children and adolescents, around one in every 30, had autism in 2020. One in 30, dude. And we grew up at a time where we hadn't even heard or recognized in our young lives. We've talked about this. We didn't see one kid that was called autistic. I didn't heard the word. Not to say it didn't exist. We know the history of it. It was rare, rare, rare. But now one in 30? And they say it's a sharp 52% rise from the 2.29% of youth in America that had the condition in 2017. So they don't claim that they know the reason, but they are you know, kind of leaning toward, well, we diagnose it better. They always come back with that because it's the explanation that's not an explanation, but it says something to send you away. Uh, stop asking questions. You're bothering me. We're just better at diagnosing. Yeah, that's what it says. It says uh, the research team did not give an exact reason for the jump, mm. but many experts have speculated the yeah. increase is related to parents better understanding early signs their their child has autism and more surveillance for the condition. Then that's we it. go to the bottom paragraph, if you will. It's almost a, it, it, it's got a, I, I don't know if there's a hyperlink. Yeah, it's a hyperlink that says experts warn. Says experts warn that older parents' exposure to pollution while in the womb, and even a mother that is obese during pregnancy, could be tied to increased likelihood of developing autism. Now, to me, the the key here is exposure to pollution. So, what they acknowledge is a toxicological cause or increase in the risk for autism. Now, if you were to say, "Hey," Those same things that are listed as toxic pollutants can be found in syringes that are then injected into innocent little babies and children. Suddenly it's like, oh, now you're a conspiracy. Now you're crazy. You're trying to say vaccines cause autism. No, I'm saying exposure to pollution. Well, it happens in this case not to be airborne, foodborne, or waterborne, but injection syringe-borne. And suddenly, no, you can't say that, even though scientifically they've established pollution is a contributing factor. How about toxic pollutants injected? Nope, that, that's ridiculous. Now you're one of those Andy Wakefield people. Yeah, should be so, so uh, ha- have so much integrity to be considered, you know, a friend of Andy Wakefield's, for instance. But do you see what I'm saying here? If they, the scientific intelligentsia actually released information in a mainstream news article that says, Exposure to pollution is a causative factor in autism. And then you take that same argument and you point out the toxins that are considered pollutants and you say, look, those are also in the shots. And then they say, well, that's just, you're just being ridiculous. You just hate vaccines. You're one of them. Of course, the concept of an anovaxer is not have the same gravitas that it once had. Because as you know now, people who simply question one booster of the COVID jabs that are not actually vaccines are considered anti-vaxxers. So it's like, does the, does the term have any meaning at all anymore as much as they'd like it to have meaning? Isn't that interesting? So super D how's my, how's my logic working in terms of, 
toxic pollution, and then you say put it in a syringe, and it's not. Now it's fine. Now it's safe. well. Let's. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's do a little test yeah. here, and let's let's go to the uh, the subscribers of the newsletter because today's poll of the day was about this story. That's right. Yes. And so a, a... Let, let's see if they are as smart as you, Robert. Mm. I don't know. That's a tough one. Okay. I don't know if they can do that or not. But deductive reasoning, logic. What is it going to be? New oh my gosh! Shows, oh, look at that. Boom. Rates are continuing to rise. What do you think is the top cause? Our audience responded for the email alert listeners, subscribers. 81% felt, yep, the V word is the greatest contributing factor, top cause. And second on the list was exposure to heavy metals, environmental toxins, right? And that's right along with it. It's just the, the, the route of exposure, the vector of exposure is different. But both contribute. I agree. And th- those are overwhelming the two, basically 90%. 10% is the mix of the rest. So, yeah, uh, kudos to you and the audience. Many of you know firsthand because you've experienced it within your families. Uh, so nobody can argue out of that in that sense. But it is a wee bit annoying, Super D. I have to acknowledge my human side when I hear people you know, using no logic, but just epithets, name-calling, when you point out that they acknowledge toxic pollution is a causative agent. And then you go, look at those ingredients that you say are toxic balloons out here. Let's put them in a syringe and, educate, and, and, and inject them. And it's like, oh, no, 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 then they're fine. Then they're safe. Right. It's like you can't communicate with people like that. There's no way in because they won't use logic. They refuse to because it would destroy their worldview or their agenda. And, and it, it's, it's the same thing that we saw happening with the COVID vaccine early on when they were running out to all of the nursing homes yeah. and giving all these guys, you know, oh, well, come here, we need to... And they, these people were dying, like, within 15 minutes, half an hour, you know, of getting getting the vaccine. And they were just, oh, no, that, that was just a coincidence. You know, it's like, how many times can that be a coincidence before you have to start looking at that going, you guys are, are crazy. Mm-hmm. And this, this is just wrong. Yeah. But, you know, at this point... All of those deaths that, that happened, and this this was this this was what a year a year into the uh, the pandemic, uh, all of those deaths that happened. What do you you don't even hear about them now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just swept under the rug. You know, sorry, sorry, old people, sorry you died, mm-hmm. but it wasn't our fault. We didn't do it. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I see in in the chat room people are putting up pictures of the guidestones, so you can actually read what they say. Oh. And it's a, it's a very globalist, uh, hippy-dippy, but not in a, an empowering way, you know, message until it gets to, you know, reducing Maintain world population. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Yeah. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a living new language. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. It sounds like a United Nations thing where they, it sounds great if you just superficially read it. And then you realize yeah, in order like to do that, reset or something, we're going right? to kill you to get there, right? We're going to yeah. eliminate 7.5 billion of you to get to that number. How are you going to do it? Well, how about COVID jets? Don't Thanos, tell anybody. Right? Thanos with a snap. There you go. And it's more than 50% in that case, right? He's like, let's go 90% reduction or whatever that number would be. Right. Uh, pretty amazing. Those hmm. guidestones, somebody blew them up. So uh, it wasn't apparently Ula's pierogi, which I ate. So she couldn't have used them because I ate them all. (laughs) So are we already in the zombie apocalypse? The organic prepper has a story here about prepping. If you live in suburbia or the city, 
I think it's a, it's it's high time we you know paid attention to these articles if we haven't already. And this is the author of Be Ready for Anything and Bloom Where You're Planted online course. Uh, and he says, make the most of your space. Whether you live in a suburban house or a big city apartment, you may find that your space is far more limited than our country dwelling counterparts. But it doesn't mean you can't prep at all. So if any of you are locked into higher population density areas, this would be a good article with links out to to see what you can do in those situations. Grow what you can. We're talking about small patios. Uh, you know, look at this person's growing tomatoes, jalapenos, bell peppers, squash, three kinds of beans, lots of herbs on a tiny patio. Yeah, there is a lot you can do. And uh, you can't grow everything you would eat, but certainly every little bit is is helpful. Uh, it talks about improving your, your fitness. Uh, you know, if you are lacking in your ability to walk a mile, there's not a lot of survivability for you in a grid down scenario. That's seriously a problem. And think about your fitness levels, your ability to withstand uh, challenges like that. That is something to consider. I don't know, you know, as we talk about the, the you know, the, the reluctance to exercise. I don't know what it is that motivates you out there. Some of you do, some of you don't. But is it enough to think about, my gosh, what if, right? And then think about the ability to move without, uh, you know, combustion engine fully available at all times of the day or night. You know, are you able to go walk or ride a bike a distance? Uh, let's see. Find your local resources. Uh, let's see. Do you have uh, any anything around you that could be of benefit to you in a, in a less viable or available instant on demand everything scenario? Uh, large, consider a storage unit cache or cash. My family and I, she said, he says, I have multiple storage units. There's one near my daughter's home, one near my home, as well as one in between. See, I've heard people doing this. Super Don, have you ever heard this where they will store things offsite in a, in a, a the only, the only problem with that, I, that I have thought about that is that, you know, if you ended up with a situation where, you know, uh, an S H T F scenario, Mm uh, I, I think you probably probably people would probably go to storage units. That's probably Start the first place they would go in. to raid yeah. things. You know. Yeah. And, I mean, and all maybe, it takes is a, is a pair of bolt cutters. You know, and you're right. and you're you're into everybody's stuff. So yeah, it might not be an optimal scenario, but again, this is something that was a thought about. Uh, know that you might have to bug out regardless of your plan. I don't like this idea of a bug out bag, not because it's not a good idea, but if you have to bug out from where you live, that's a whole other level of you're now in pure survival and grace of God or the goodness of kindness of strangers scenario, unless you know of a family member or friend that says, hey, but, if it ever hits the fan, come to come to us, right? With that said, having watched enough movies, <laughs> right? That's where yeah. we all get our knowledge on this stuff, right? Because right? Right. we haven't had to deal with something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, at least if nothing else, when you watch these movies and these Walking Dead, you know, and all this stuff like that, I think a lot of the stuff that they do is is practical, mm-hmm. and so it's you know I mean consider it um, you know uh, uh, entertaining and, and creative uh, learning mm-hmm. when you when you think about these things, but uh, it still would be good to have one. Yeah, if you find true. yourself in that scenario, you're going to want to have at least the basic necessities to give yourself at least a chance. Yeah, fighting right? chance. Did they say and, put and uh, is, put Lucille in there too? Lucille, hey man. Yeah, I thought you had that, didn't you? It's not a real Lucille, though, unfortunately, as you can see behind me there on the wall. Is it made Uh, of rubber to look like wood? It is. It's a prop. Yeah. It's it's like a foam rubber. Um, Yeah. But they they actually did a. Let me see if I can reach it. 
Mm-hmm. You can get it. You could. There it is. They did a really good job because I mean, it looks the appearance of it looks pretty yeah. real from a distance, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to get. I mean, it looks like it's supposed know, to be a barbed wire yeah. wrapped baseball bat. Yeah. yeah. But defensive purposes only. Uh, here's the thing that I do like of the, all the things that are on this list. Uh, one of my favorites is create relationships now. We have had the luxury of not having to get to know our neighbors. If that's a if that's you consider a luxury, because you know a lot of people are private. They want to be left alone. Yet at the same time, we all have smartphones. It's like how private are you really? And so you think that it's enough that you are prepped. You must find that other people are too or not, so you kind of know what the risks are in your area or neighborhood. And it would be a high time to get to know your neighbors, as uncomfortable and awkward as it may be if you don't already. So you have some level of trust and you've built up some expectations, some principles and foundations for here we share these values. So you're not on your own. You're not an island in the midst of a sea of zombies or even neighbors that wouldn't normally be zombies, but they, you didn't know them. They didn't know you. So you're now considered more of a, a risk or an enemy, perhaps, than someone who is an ally to them in those situations. Here they have skills. They list skills as another important part of prepping. Uh, they said, we'd love to all be prepared for the ultra-long haul. It's essential to recognize there's only so much stuff we can stash. That's where skills come in. Because if you barter and you're out of bartering goods, your last can of ravioli, then what? And there's some links here to valuable skills, like, for instance, in Venezuela's barter economy, uh, where it, you know, it was as ugly and disastrous as anywhere. Survival secrets of a counterintelligence. I mean, there's, these are things that I think uh, were worth, are worthwhile to take some time to consider. You know, it might not be everything for you, but think about that. And, and so he's asking also if you guys and gals have any urban or suburban prepping tips. Daisy. Oh, maybe it was a woman. <laughs> I apologize for assuming it was a man but hey whatever we'll get over it uh so check that article out that's pretty interesting uh reminder um we super don you and i were talking about this you brought this up the idea of some kind of contest with orange guard right send us your pictures those of you who have the orange guard wherever you are did we get one picture in already is it is it just my picture from the greenhouse we did and that's actually what inspired uh the idea Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. I got a message from, uh, Kathy. Is who okay. I had to think there for a second. Kathy. Mm-hmm. Kathy said, uh, hey, Super Don, my email is down, so I'm sharing some picture of our garden. Our first garden ever. Learning as we go, but everything is doing well. I can, I can appreciate that and relate mm-hmm. to that because mm-hmm. I am learning as I go and yep. everything is doing pretty good now. It wasn't yeah. at first. Yeah. Uh, and she also said that she uh, she got her orange guard. So let me nice. show you the pictures here. Yeah, we've got the uh, this is the garden. Dude, Kathy's how garden. Slick is are those yeah. those? Raised I've seen bed. containers like that. Yeah, those are nice. That you is have to cool, bend over man. And, yeah. I mean, if I, I that's like you like those? Just making a yeah. box, right? This is Greta, mm-hmm. and apparently Greta is picking some cilantro for their uh, guacamole? Fresh guacamole. Oh, I'm coming over, Kathy. I want some and of that. Oh, look. And then she a picture of this of the orange guard. She got the Sweet. orange guard. Yeah. Do you have an Ace Hardware in your neighborhood or nearby? I don't think so. Okay. Because I, I got to give props to Ace Hardware for uh, carrying the orange guard as a retailer. Yeah, I, don't, um, I don't think we have an Ace near mm-hmm. us. It's been a long time since I've been to an Ace Hardware. Yeah. But they're, they're a franchise, and sometimes those Ace Hardwares are like mom and pop stores. Yeah. 
you know, when they open them yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. So. That's why I think they're more resilient, responsive to the local community. Yeah. They'll like the ones. There's three of them in my area that actually take gold backs as payment. Yeah. yeah. But I do have I do have my orange guard. Yay. And it works. Yeah. Boy, it really work. It really does work. And, I enjoy and it doesn't it. harm your plants. It's it certified organic. It smells good. So if you're growing organically, it doesn't harm the organic status certification, official or unofficial. And uh, dude, have my we, garden have, has taken off. Have you really? Is there another update? Are you looking at your phone? Is there another update? Um, I don't. I I didn't upload it yet. But okay. uh, I took I took some. I actually I took a, I think I took a picture this morning of the broccoli and the zucchini. Oh, I, I was thinking updates for the baby, but that's okay. Oh Do no, you, no 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 no. See, well, I've that, never yeah, had. I've never had success growing broccoli yet. I have had the, done the broccolini. Well, I'll I've let done. you know how it turns oh, out. I can tell okay. you, it's it's just like shot out of the ground. And the zucchini, I remember it was like, God, it seems like maybe it was like a week and a half ago. I was super excited because two leaves yeah. had like grown out from, from the, the, the sprout. Yeah. And now it's just like... It explodes. Oh. Do you have the yellow flowers, the big yellow not flowers? Not yet. The yellow okay. flower has not shown up yet on the zucchini, yeah. but I am getting flowers on the tomatoes finally. Yeah, we're about to uh, harvest our first zucchini probably tomorrow. And yeah. then I'm looking at, we've also got a delicata squash as well. Come, and these are flowering like crazy right now. We've got the tomatoes flowering and blossoming into tomatoes, if I can call it that, say that. Uh, so then, we are starting to harvest. And then there's my that. onions. Yes, The your story onions. of my onions. Yes, what's the story there? Because I didn't know what I was doing. When I bought the onions, Walla Walla onions, right? Now, Walla yeah. Walla onions are pretty good-sized onions, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it came in this little planter, and it had, like, all these things sticking out. I was like, oh, cool onions. And so I took it out of that thing, and I stuck it in the ground, right? As is, yes. It has just, I mean, the onions, the the, the tall things that grow mm -hmm. out of the are just like wall they're starting to grow like over the edge of the of the box mm -hmm. and my mother-in-law who's a, a gardener she's a, yeah. a master gardener for flowers and stuff like that but you know a lot of this stuff is the same uh she's like you know what you need to do is you need to dig that thing out and you can still separate it and then replant it mm -hmm. but i'm looking at that thing and i'm going i need like a i need a planter box for just the onions because there's so many of them i didn't mm -hmm. realize I, I didn't know yeah. so whatever i think i don't know i haven't decided i just might let it just do whatever it's gonna do at this point yeah um i don't know what happens if you if you grow like 50 walla walla onions together in the same bunch i don't know what happens. you're gonna find out you're gonna let us know i would also say carrots you still haven't planted carrots no i don't i, I know i haven't well the thing is if you do that now you could still months from now in the middle of winter be harvesting carrots is my point yeah, of okay. why it's practical to do that at some point all right yeah, I can still do that. Those things that are really growing underground, even like onions, have a resilience that some of these things that are growing up top don't have. Uh, Jackie, so can... I think it's Jackie, Jack uh -huh. RN, um, mm -hmm. says she loves broccoli. Mm -hmm. She says she fed broccoli leaves to a bunny yeah. that they had. Yeah. That had a huge tumor in its ear area, and mm -hmm. the tumor fell off. Right. Well, remember, broccoli sprouts are one of the most potent that's true. Foods on the planet. That's true. Um, now, so I was saying about broccoli for me, our broccoli plants are exploding, but I don't see the actual broccoli heads yet. Yeah, again, I don't know. Been my I, I don't, I don't either. Um, and this, this broccoli is not your ordinary broccoli. Mm. This broccoli is purple broccoli. Yeah. I've never had purple broccoli before. Have you? Mm -hmm. Purple? No, I haven't had purple broccoli. No, I'd, okay. I'd eat it. I would. Sounds um, interesting. Ula harvested her first cherry tomatoes, and they're delicious. 
We got ours on the way. Oh, that's a beautiful picture of those. Ah, love it. Now, I love the smell of the tomato plants when you rub your hand over the, the, the leaves and then you they smell They have a your distinctive hands. smell. Oh, it's so nice. And the mint as well. I just harvested, I don't know how many sprigs of peppermint, so we dried it in the in the dried you know desert sun here. And uh, we've got peppermint leaves ready for tea at any point in time. And so I, I, my, one of my favorite teas is peppermint. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's Ula's first uh, harvest of tomatoes. I love this is happy time. This is happy talk. <laughs> it is for me as, it, as uh, we enjoy it's the celebration of life, as we say. And one of the things that sustains life is good, clean food. Even if I'm not a big fan of tomatoes in their form like that, if you convert it to a nice sauce or something, I'll, I'm all in paste i'm all in yeah i'll do it no problem and by the way we had yesterday my wife made a beautiful double layer organic uh birthday cake for ari because she turned 17 on the fourth and we had it on the fifth and there's still more left and oh it's so good the moist oh it's so moist it's definitely not one for gluten-free fanatics but uh it's a delicious birthday cake and she made it with organic chocolate frosting and it it's oh it's so lovely you know nice. delicacy so yes we do that Carrots grow long. Well, you can grow them short too, Ula. But oh, I think you mean time-wise. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you now. <laughs> uh, DJ Katie, my favorite sprouts are broccoli and purple cabbage and purple radishes. Very cool. Uh, I planted quick, radishes, by the way. I don't know what they look like when they start to come out of the ground. Well, they won't come out of the ground. You get them from well, under. Doesn't something come out of the ground? Oh yeah, yeah. So, no, some of the growth goes up above. Yeah. So what what do the starts look like? What do the spread the the? You have to do a search on the pictures. I'll I have to see I what it looks like. I haven't grown those things in a while, many years, in fact, radishes because they're like not my favorite thing to eat. If you've ever bitten into a radish, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm missing the kind of radish or something. So, yeah. hey, do I get to show my muscles? I saw a picture of somebody's muscles. No, what you don't. Doing? Somebody else gets to. Oh man, Catherine, who was in our at our AMA, was the one that won the um, won the IGF. Oh yeah, one she, she apparently she got it. Yeah, look at those guns, dude. She's gonna kick your butt. Look at that. She's look ripped. That. Nice. <laughs> nice. So congratulations, Catherine. That yeah. was that was a three hundred dollar retail retail value. value. Um, yeah, that, which is insane. Yeah. You uh, never know what you're going to win at our AMAs. There's yeah, like great stuff. Yeah, that's really so, cool. Congratulations! Shout out to Christopher it. Key for supporting us in that way. Now, you know what, Robert? What? We never finished. You know, we, we got off on a tangent when you mm. asked about doing a contest with the Orange Guard. Mm. Uh, we never yeah. finished a thought on that. So, yeah. uh, what I was thinking of doing here is mm. uh, we would do a contest where people would, when they get their Orange Guard, go yeah. to orangeguard.com or buy it from one of your local retailers. Uh, and take a picture with the Orange Guard that we should do something like we've done with the CBD contest that we'll have to do a giveaway. Yeah. We'll just do a random... All right, you know, well, look, I don't know what we're going to do, but let's just say if you have some Orange Guard or you're about to get some, take a picture with your Orange Guard and send it in, and then we will do another giveaway of some kind just for fun because I love something doing that. Something cool. We'll That'll make it awesome. worth your while. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, what a, taking a picture and emailing it, that's not a lot of effort. That's not right. too much to ask, is it? Get something free. That's why I still don't understand the, the <laughs> slowdown uh, as far as the cbdnf.com website. Simply, you go there. There's a drop-down menu to become a customer of, of Nutritional Frontiers. You mentioned the Robert Scott Bell Show. You don't have to buy anything. You give them your address. If you're in the United States, they're going to say a thank you. Here's a care package of samples of all our CBD stuff. And I'm like, how hard is that? 
And then, you know, if you want to order, use the code RSB15. Nutritional Frontier's got you covered on anything they make and, and, and sell and distribute, not just their CBD. But that's another thing that I've kind of I put from a monthly to a less than monthly because it's slowed down in terms of people participating. And I want people to participate. It's like free stuff. Come on. So if you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, I'm not berating you. If you're a longtime <laughs> listener or viewer and you haven't done this and you're in the United States, yes, yeah, that I am berating you. Like, why not? Why don't just do this? But if you're new, just go to cbdnf.com. Sign up to become a customer of Nutritional Frontiers. You don't have to buy anything. Let them know where you are. There's a drop-down menu, Robert Scott Bell Show. And then they're going to send you some samples of some of their great certified organic U.S.-grown hemp CBD products. Try them out. If you like them, which you will, you'll end up buying them. Use the code RSB15. Even when they're on sale, you could still use that code. And uh, then, you know, when we get that picture sent into Superdon, askrsb at gmail.com. We'll add you to the collage. And then we'll do another giveaway. And you could win a really gift, a giant gift goodie bag. They're very generous with their their uh, winning, prize-winning goodie bag. So uh, please, if you haven't done that, it's a simple request I have. I'd love to be able to give away stuff. Sometimes we reach out of our own pocket to do it too, and I don't mind that. But uh, Jamie Dorley and the crew at Nutrition, well, particularly Jamie Dorley, has been so generous in supporting us, the show in Health, Freedom, and Healing Liberty. I'd love for you to say thanks to them as well. Uh, and reach out, become a uh, part of the Nutritional Frontiers family, and that is the RSB15 code. Also, we'd love to see you all, and they'll be there at the Health Freedom Expo, and every month we've got new startups from Trinity School, Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. You won't go into massive debt learning new things that you can actually come out, hang a shingle, work with other doctors, or work on your own, and really help facilitate body, mind, spirit recovery. Uh, thank you to Julie Whitman Klein and the family for all their good work. They have the Trinity Live coming up in Indianapolis in September. I'm going to be in Indianapolis this weekend. I hope to see you there for those that you are coming to join us at the Red Pill Expo. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I'll be emceeing. I'll be speaking. We'll have silver and copper shots. We'll have cardio miracle shots to pour. It's going to be a great time that entire weekend coming up. And that's heading this weekend. It's very weekend. Uh, so with that, let's go back to the news stories here. Uh, number of permanently disabled Americans spiked after COVID shots rollout. Now, this to me is a, I would say, moment of dub because it's like, what else rolled out? And then every suddenly now we have massive amounts of disability among all age groups, adults in particular, and of course, sudden adult death syndrome. So the number of Americans 16 years, <laughs> excuse me, years and older with a disability remained stable from 2016 to 2020. Okay, so you got four or five years of data. And then early 2021, it suddenly jumped, coinciding with what? The rollout of COVID-19 injections. Now, of course, the skeptics would like to blame, like, there's probably a new homeopathic remedy on the market that caused it. You know how that is, homeopathy and these side effects to homeopathy. But, of course, it's absurd to make that claim or statement. So we had a sharp rise in early 2021 when the new COVID jabs came to market and disability claims have risen since then. In early 2021, a Twitter user by the name of Ben, who runs a U.S. all-cause mortality site, posted a graph. This is one of the bullet points in the article showing the eerily similar rise in disability and cumulative COVID-19 jabs with the number of disabled Americans rising from 30 million to 32.7 million. And guess what? Twitter loves to call real statistics, real numbers, disinformation. And they flagged his tweet and he was locked out of his accounts and all sharing of it was disabled. As of May 27th, almost, well, it's over 14,000 people reported being permanently disabled after the COVID-19 jab. Now, if we were on YouTube, we would be banned for just covering this article and this information. 
In April of 2021, U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Harry Chang predicted that U.S. officials were likely to pause the COVID-19 mRNA jabs campaign in light of increasing cases of myocarditis following the shots. But they didn't. As of June 8th, more than 5,000 cases of myocarditis following the injections have been reported. Even, you know, the Federal Reserve Bank has a, a database of economic data that's tracked, uh, tracking things since 91. And one of their categories is disability for 16 and over. And it's been stable and then jumped in early. Again, these are valid numbers that you only explain away by absurd statements that have no basis in reality. The, you know, I always play uh, with Super Don and his ability to get into the skeptic role to make claims of this. And like, it's absurd what they try to do to, you know, yoga, gymnastic their way out of the reality that the main thing that changed in early 2021 was the availability and soft mandate, if you will. We encourage you strongly to get these jabs and then boosters. So I don't know what, what more we can make of it here. You all are already with me on this. You know what's going on. The question is, can we save anybody else? And as we talked yesterday with Tracy Straup and, and uh, Joe Messino over from uh, Nutritional Frontiers when we're doing our education event August 6th in Pittsburgh, we're going to be talking about some very real options for those that have been injured, damaged, or don't know what's going to happen next. I'm not giving up on anybody unless they give up on themselves. There's nothing I can do. But we'll continue to uh, bring you some good, good insight to things you can do, including the bioactive copper hydrosol. That's the sovereign copper. Uh, also, the selenium that we take every day, silica as well, uh, the cardio miracle. All of these things play a very important role. CBD plays an important role in health and healing, the liver, etc. All of these things we're going to continue to double and triple down on for those that are able and willing to care for themselves and others. There are always a way. There's always hope, especially when you're breathing still. There's always a way to move forward here. Now, the weirdest of ironies of all of these things, one of the things we advocate most, what I advocate most here, we were just talking about it this hour, gardening, growing your own food. And you, I, I mean, this is like, this is an onion or a, a Babylon bee, right? They're now saying gardening is one of the greatest risks for sudden adult death syndromes, for sudden heart attacks and cardiac events. Are you kidding me? The Sun is reporting out of England that Greenfinger's urgent warning to gardeners as soil increases risk of killer heart disease. It has a picture of a woman gardening like, oh, my gosh, she's she's cheating death. She's growing her own food. What is that? Gardeners have been warned that their habit could leave them at an increased risk of heart disease. Now, if you read into the article, it's not exactly what it says. It's a, it's a sensationalist headline that doesn't reveal what really is the problem. And it's the thing that we would agree with toxic pollutants toxic pollutants anywhere in the soil as well could have a detrimental effect on the cardiovascular system but that's not what they said they said just gardening in general don't garden it's not about toxic heavy metals in the soil pesticides in the soil but in fact the article is all about that they're talking about the risk to people dealing with contaminated soil why isn't that in the headline? Isn't that a key part of the reality of what they're warning you against? No, they just want you to read the headline and go, oh, well, psh, Super Don, you better get back in the house and stop gardening right now. <laughs> Don't touch the dirt. Well, right? you know, I, I mean, look, it, it kind of makes sense. If you don't know where your soil came from, mm -hmm. see, this is another one of those things, right? Where yeah. it's like, 
you just throw something in the ground and start growing it and you don't know anything about the soil that it's growing in, mm-hmm. then whatever's in the soils can end up in the food yeah. and you're going to eat it, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess you ought to get, at least do a little bit of homework on that. But you're right. I mean, it is the sun. You know, they're kind of known for those kinds of headlines. But what they're saying yeah. here is interesting, right? Yeah. That there is stuff that is in the soil. Probably well, over that's time, a good message. But but the headline is so horrible in relation to what it really is. If you look yeah, at the article. Well, we can blame the sun for that. They said they, 60% they, of pollution-related deaths are due to heart issues such as strokes, heart attacks, heart rate. So I've got no argument with that. Mm-hmm. Toxic pollution is bad, whether right. it's air, water, soil, or injected. But now, they do recommend about, here that people wear a face mask if you're in close contact with the soil. Yeah, with toxic soil. But in fact, there's argument that being exposed to the microbiome in healthy soil is actually good to breathe in, to expose yourself to. And, and, and so that they're not delineating that at all in this, but they do rep, re- reference the, in the last uh, sentence here, well, of one section here, pesticides were also linked to cardiovascular disease. Yeah. How many of you know neighbors, because I know you're not, are still using you know glyphosate, Roundup, and things like that, as well as toxic pesticides? And it's a shame. It's sad that they're still doing it. Pesticides. That's why, again, our orangeguard.com, folks. Get the orange guard. Soil pollution, heavy metals, cardiovascular. Again, no argument with that. But to, to, to do a misleading headline like that does a disservice to the thing that could be helping more people than it's harming by far, going out and gardening. Now, let's talk gardening safety. Apparently, Super Don, have you been injured yet out in your garden? Are you doing okay on that front? Um, other than the aphids no, nearly killing I, you i haven't had any gardening injuries yet no okay so of course here, you know i have a very small garden so there's not really now somebody like you on the other hand yeah. could have some gardening injuries i think it's very possible have you had some gardening injuries not lately but i i've certainly no. got cuts and scrapes over the time you, you probably know? got a few bangs maybe or something like that when you were making the greenhouse right yeah yeah but, no, but yeah. Yeah, let's see what they have in this article and this is the art of healthy living Top gardening safety tips, common gardening accidents, and how to prevent them. Let's see. What do they reference here? Uh, Getting prepared for garden work. Physical demanding. So warm up first. So if you're not in shape at all and you go out and garden, you're going to be sore. You could pull a muscle. All right? I get that. That's basically if you're going to start an exercise regimen. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Because you're out in the sun, probably. Dehydration is an issue. Yeah. Now, they do Uh, say apply sunscreen at all times. They did? Yeah, that does say that. Well, we disagree with that. Uh, you know, just wear sleeves and, and a hat, a broad-rimmed hat. I do that if I'm out in the middle of the day and it's too much. Now, I've already so got a base. do you go out and do calisthenics before you garden? No, I don't. But I, har- I hardly warm <sighs> up before. <sighs> well, I mean, if you consider that in the first or second thing in the morning, I'm going out to the gym. <laughs> You're out working out at the gym. You've done right. more than enough. So I'm right? warmed up already. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. What else? Okay. All right. Use right the right tools. tools. For the safe one. Yes. Yeah. Never use your bare hands for cleaning and digging. There may Why be not? sharp debris. Look, no. If, if I you, didn't do that, I wouldn't get dirt under my fingernails, and then Robert Scott Bell would yell. At I would me. be mad at you. But no, yes. the point is, if you're dealing with soil, you're not a, you're not aware of the contents. Yes, there there is a risk that you could dig in. There's a piece of glass or metal. That is true. That's a precautionary tip. But if you're working with soil that you rehabilitated yourself or you added yourself, I don't Power think that's tools. the concern. I think it's in new soil that you're not, a, you know, in that case, take a precaution. There were gloves, whatever, just in case. Because, yeah, you can, even in uh, soil that I sort of know, I've cut myself on things under the thing. Even a rock can do that. So hmm. there's 
Are you laughing? I'm just reading this, and oh. it's like, yeah, this is some just kind of basic common this stuff. This is like romper like, room level protection Don't gear. run with scissors and, mm. you know, and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, look, it's, it is important. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Everybody, you know, makes a mistake there. Yeah. Um, power tools, using electric tools. Make sure the pruners and the shears that you buy have a safety lock. Um, always wear protective gear. Yeah. I'm assuming like gloves and I'm stuff, out in right? uh, shorts and uh, bare feet, so I'm not I, really protected all that No, No, yeah. that's because you're like, you're Mr. I'm getting vitamin D. gardener, you know. Yeah. <laughs> doing kung fu and stuff. But, um, yeah, okay. Work yeah. Smart, not hard. That's right? a, You know, that's that's good uh, advice on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, work smart, not hard. Yep. In case of injury, here's a here's a first yep. aid thing. So they don't mention anything about hydrogen peroxide or colloidal silver. So yeah. I would say have on hand a bottle of sovereign silver or Gentin 23 so you can cleanse the wound, clean the wound safely. And if you have hydrogen peroxide, that's fine. That can help clean it. But let it bleed a little bit so that it can push things out. And then yeah. then you can clean it, cleanse it. It use says if it doesn't stop bleeding after 15 minutes... Or you start feeling numbness, go to the emergency room. Yeah, I mean, you're talking massive blood loss. That's, that would uh, be a hopefully, pretty good cut. That'd be a bad accident if that's the case. You step on a rake, I don't know what happens there at that yeah. point. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, hey, stuff there. yesterday I went to the, uh, the gym, uh, the, a different one. The same one, same owner. They have two. A little further away because I was talking to her. They were, they were on a, a big old journey, and they got back, and I hadn't seen her in a while. So I'm like, I'll go work out with you at 4 o'clock after the show yesterday. And so she had texted me rachel who was a special guest at one of our amas very many months ago now and and she had said hey you know i'm gonna go work out at four o'clock at the other the other location and i said that could work and then i asked her some questions and things and so i i head out you know after the show yesterday and i text her i said i'm on my way eta 415 she says i'm a little bit behind you there and she was like ended up a half hour late and i was like I was laying into her. She could take it. You know, I'm like, what are you? If you were this late when you were gigging in as your rock band, how many, how many gigs would you have? And she was like pushing back. She's like, you didn't say you were actually coming. I said, yes, I did. She showed me the text. She said, you said that could work. And then I asked a question. I'm like, dang, damn it. You're just like my wife. Point, point out that my definitive statements are not definitive. <laughs> so she won the argument. Clearly, I was defeated. And her husband, Brandon, was there. And I'm like, we can't win. Anyway, so that was it. I did the chow, the challenge of the week. I don't know how I did relative to those in that other location because they they write them down in secret. At the location I go to, they're written up on the whiteboard so everybody sees. But I did 88, and it was a, uh, let's see, it was a uh, uh, medicine ball jack where, you know, like a jumping jack, but you'd hold the medicine ball over your head and do a half jack with the feet, come back, and then do a knee and a knee to the one of the bags. So it's like one knee, one knee. So that counted as one. I did 88 in three minutes. I was trying to get 90. I didn't get there. I didn't have, nobody was yelling at me to do it. That was probably the problem. I blame other people. It's not my fault ever. <laughs> but I went back and checked in and uh, uh, 91, one of the ladies in my gym, uh, she did. She was, Amanda was upset because Kiki did like 98. I'm like, yeah, you have to wait till Kiki's on vacation and then you could win. Uh, but 91 was pretty impressive, Amanda, if you're watching or listening. 88, so I'm not going to win. Right now I'm in third place. Technically, I'm not in any place because I didn't do it in my actual gym location. I did it at the other one. But I still feel fine, Super Don. I'm not going to cry that if I don't win the challenge of the week, just so you know. I'm not obsessed. When, when was the last time you won? 
Well, I've been traveling, so I haven't really competed. It's been a while. Yeah. So just I'm trying to make you happy because you were getting annoyed with me with all the challenges of the week I was winning. You know? Yeah, Mr. Showoff. Well, we got it. You know, look, I I try to be a living example for what I preach. No, dude, it's really cool. I mean, it's really cool that you're you're doing what you're doing. As much as I annoy you, it's not. You're so old. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) You're doing really good. Feeling good. Feeling good. But also, you know, I talking to my wife about this too. That she she said to me, she's like, I'm glad you're honest about when you don't feel good, and you tell the audience that you know you're you you know not on top of your game. I'm like. Well, I don't understand people that are like so, so-called health gurus that pretend that they never get sick, they never have a down day or low energy. I'm like, they feel like they have a, uh, they need to put up like a, a pretend front. But yeah, then, but then yeah. those are the people you end up going. Well, what happened? And and I'm like, no, I I can't do that. I mean, if if I feel great, I'm going to tell you. If if I'm not, I come in and I'm say, yeah, I feel like dog squeeze. I've said it, <laughs> you know. It's like, what's, why should we hide from who we are in reality? I don't, I don't understand that idea. I guess, I guess people have images to portray, but I'm just like, yeah. you know, look, I'm happy that I feel well most of the time because I remember the first 24 my, years of my life. So I'm going to celebrate. But if I feel not so good, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm not going to hide it. Just it's part of the human experience. So You know how I feel? No. How do you feel? I feel like we need to take a break. Oops. Oh, man. Overtime. <laughs> hey, bonus round coming up. Super Don's still here. The baby hasn't arrived. So let's see what's going on in the chat room. You guys have been busy. I'm loving it. We'll talk about that and more after the break because the power to heal is yours. Okay, back at it. Bonus round commences now. I don't know what it was about today's show, but it was really engaging in the chat room. Uh, some days it's like slow and nothing's going on, but you guys have been at it. Uh, and one of the references to you, Super Don, is you need some WD-40 for your chair. Uh, I think that was annoying to Yeah, pass, I know. It didn't used to do this, but it just Now like... it's squeaky. Do you have WD-40? Yeah, in fact, I just used some of it uh, today on the sliding glass. It was weird because, you know, the our back, the sliding glass door that goes into mm-hmm. the backyard usually just, you know, you just kind of started squeaking. For whatever reason, it was just, and I'm yeah. just like, why is it so hard to open? So I was, it's, um, it's the silicone one. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I, I guess. Bring it into the uh, studio there, Super D, to help make Pat happy again. Not happy about the squeak. <laughs> All right, I'll fix it. I'll figure uh, out where it's coming from. Steven adds some safety tips regarding don't garden in a lightning storm. Oh. Don't garden while blindfolded using sharp, pointy tools. That's, good. Um, good that's good advice. Yeah. Dude, you should be a blogger. That's a, yeah, that's a good tip. I think that would right? sell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. DJ Katie uses Sovereign Silver with uh the the silver gel with aloe fresh aloe that's a great combination if you want absolutely uh let's see what else is going on put on your immortality and do the show ula says what put on your immortality and do the show is that like is that like a schmock that you put on there ula what is that is that a a polish thing your immortality is that like a piece of clothing i'm not aware of help me out here (laughs) 
Ah, DJ Katie says, as I, as I, I like this. I have down days. If I don't, didn't, I won't be able to educate my customers on what I've learned. But I haven't had many, any major flu-like illness in 2011. And that's good. Yeah. But it, uh, that's the point of what we talked about in the first hour. And boy, was she terrific in that first hour, I guess, Kelly. Yeah. You know, uh, Kelly Lester, she, she was, uh, you know, the street cred that that woman has, what she's been through to talk to people in circumstances that are mild by comparison in some cases, but even those that are serious to be able to acknowledge. And, and, you know, when I, when I've been on the lecture circuit for 30 years now, almost my ability to talk about the many ailments and illnesses I have gives some level of, uh, if not credibility, then certainly what is the word empathy for those that are suffering similarly? Like I've been there, I've done that. I've gone through that. And so when you hear somebody that's done that, it, like, oh, okay. So they know what really do know what I'm talking about, as opposed to an a, a artificial a Bill Clinton, I feel your pain kind of thing. It's like, no, no, I've actually been through that. So that does help you to help people when you've done that. Ula thinks it's going to rain because you've got a squeaky door and chair, especially if your knees are squeaky and the cows are laying down in the, uh, in the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're not supposed to have any rain. We, we had rain for a couple, three days, mm -hmm. and now we're supposed to have be dry and getting back into the upper 80s uh, by the, in the next few days. So Okay. Finally going to dry out a little bit, but we needed the rain, and it was nice because I didn't have to water the garden. Yeah. Nature we had a couple of days me. in the last couple of weeks that and did that. The, yeah. the plants took off. I went out and I bought some organic uh, plant food. Nice. And that really, I think, gave them a boost, too. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah. So listen, check it out tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be an intense day on this Why? show. Why? In hour one, we will have, of course, Jonathan Emord is Thursday, mm -hmm. and we'll be talking what's going on in the news. Emord being a constitutional attorney, right? Yeah. Well, in the next hour, we are going to get another dose of constitutional. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, law with Stephen P. Halbrook. Okay. He is an attorney at law. He is an attorney with, uh, he's got an extensive knowledge of the historical underpinnings of the Second Amendment mm. and uh, practical knowledge of litigating in this rapidly evolving area of law. He's written a bunch of books on gun control, mm. uh, founders of the Second Amendment. Is he affiliated with NRA or Gun Owners of America or I neither? Don't, I don't know, actually. That's a good question. Because the GOA is legit. The NRA is a scam, by and large, what they have uh, acquiesced to in terms of gun control. Gun owners of America. I haven't heard yeah. about them in a, in a while. I used to be sure. an NRA member. I like when I started looking at what He's they were He's a senior supporting. fellow at the Independent Institute. Okay. He's taught legal and political philosophy at George Mason University. Hmm. So he knows his stuff. Who connected us? Is that another Kevin Tuttle connection? That must be a Kevin Tuttle thing. So we're well, going to have two hours of constitutional goodness tomorrow. Yay. And yeah, then we've got a uh, Friday when I'm in Indianapolis already. Michael up uses schedule for our remote and Jason Hommel. Now we've had him on before up use. Yeah. He seems familiar he's, to me. He's one of the, uh, I think I want to say he's affiliated with the, uh, America's frontline doctors. If I, if right. I remember correctly, we'll figure it out by the time we get yeah. there. You know how it is. And then the copper revolution with Jason Hommel. That's interesting. Yeah, I got a message from, I think, Kathy, who said, I, I connected you guys with him, and he's like, he's not into homeopathy. So he's like, she apologized in advance if there's a problem. I'm like, no, it won't be a problem. 
We'll be fine. Well, you don't have to talk yeah. about homeopathy. We're not. Well, I, we're I, we're I, talking I, about I, copper, not homeopathy anyway. Right, but I'm going to talk about Cupra Metallicum. I have to. Oh, you're just going to be a troublemaker, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> I do it well. And that's it there. We covered all we covered all the stories really well. I, I thought I think the diversity of guests and, and topics that we get to cover here is so fascinating to me. I mean, I, I didn't know this Kelly Lester before she showed up on the show, other than what you briefly. I didn't either. And that's kind of the fun part. It, yeah. I mean, it's a little, little bit crazy like today because yeah. I had no information, none. Yeah. And I'm like. I got to put the show notes together. I got to, you know, I, I have no idea who this person was. And so apparently I guess the person that was handling the booking hadn't sent it yet. Mm-hmm. And so I found out this morning, but, um, this, this Jason Hommel, who's going to be on Friday, wrote a book called the copper. That's what it is. The copper revolution healing with minerals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll be talking to him about that. Excellent. Um, but yeah, you know, Kevin be books, a... these books, yeah. these guests and, it's like um, we just figure it out as we go. And like you said, I mean, they've all been great. Yeah, the thing is, remember when you and I were trying to figure out guests, it, it, what we weren't batting 100 or 1,000. Sometimes we were like... Dude, it's, it's just, it really is. It's, it's, it takes time, you know? Mm-hmm. It takes time to be able to, to, to do that. And it yeah. was just, I just didn't have any brain cells left for, <laughs> for booking guests. And Kevin does an amazing job. Really yeah, does. it really does. He has moved us into areas that we we probably never would have even thought of having these guests on mm-hmm. and these topics and things and stuff so uh, yeah mm-hmm. it's easy hey, kevin's awesome i got an oive out of ula uh health gurus who never get sick pretend like they can put on their immortality on and do oh, their show I oh see. that's I where see. she said oive you read my comments out of co- i didn't understand honestly i was sincere i didn't know what you were saying i thought you're speaking polish like what is an immortality is that like a Anyway, I, I get it now. A cloak Thank of you. immortality. A cloak of immortality. Yes. Yeah. DJ Katie knew what she meant. Yeah. Well, you're better than me, of course, in that regard. Communication and understanding. She does like gun owners of America. They actually fight for her rights, unlike NRA. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Who did I stir up? Did I stir up Ula? Is that what you're saying, DJ Katie? Who likes it when I stir up the guests? Oh no, she's um, she's referencing the guest on Friday, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the uh, Stephen Hallberg he has represented because I'm looking at his his profile. Okay. And he has represented uh, both the Gun Owners Action League, the NRA, and various other people and organizations um, in court. Mm-hmm. I don't see any particular affiliations here okay but you know what the second amendment is the second amendment you may not like the nra mm-hmm. uh but um no i i i really think they've compromised so much on the principle that it means they? that they are they don't have the principle even though they claim it they're the biggest but uh i was a member of for a while i'm like i like gun owners of america the goa they're they're really principled on this they get What's the it. name of the dude from there uh i don't remember i've booked but, him before on other shows back in the day when i was yeah the goa guy right yeah yeah um gosh i'm trying to remember what his name was it's on the tip of my tongue but i can't quite remember what it's um mm-hmm. did somebody already probably already put it up in there yeah 
Oh, yeah, Ula, you're right. We still haven't had Todd Frisch on. Why is that? With Kevin, he should be able to nail that in a heartbeat. Uh, what? Why the face? Todd Frisch, we were talking about him a bunch of times and still haven't had him on. That's just the book. Have we had No, have we had him? Maybe we have had him on. It's like I've got memories now of not having him on for a long time. Maybe we did finally. Inter- I just, good Lord. Talk about memory? Yeah. F-R-I-S-C-H? F-R-I-S-C-H, yeah. Patrick McEwen. Yeah. Nope, didn't show up in the... Uh... <laughs> Steven, I've never heard of Ammo Owners of America. <laughs> Companion group, Ammo Owners of America. Yeah, Ammo, a- NRA is a pretend organization. I agree. Uh, I thought it was the cloak from the princess guide, Pat says. Yeah. James Nestor Murek. Again, make sure Kevin knows about holy, these folks that you want to uh, ha- have on the show. Make pierogi, not war. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's good. All right. I'm having a good time today, and I don't want it to end, but I know that you've got the concerns with the updates on the baby, and uh, I've got some things to do. I'm, I'm flying out tomorrow uh, after the show, so uh, I've got some stuff to do to prep and prepare. So anything else we need to do, let me know, and we'll see you less than 22 hours from now. Super D, you and I will be talking before then. Hopefully the baby comes out just fine. You know? Yeah, let's see here. I just got a message. Um, she's being a champ, and she's hanging in there. So, Yeah, well, if men had to have babies, there would be no more babies. Yeah. <laughs> just saying, you women are way tougher. I don't have any illusion about that. This so is true. Thank you for all that you do. All, all right, right man. Uh, Folks, if friends, you're just joining us, we're done. It's a little late. We'll, Where have you been? We'll see. You, well, you can always watch the replay. Text RSB to and Become part of the email subscriber crew. And uh, we have established a date, the 26th of July, a Tuesday. Is that right? Thanks to Murdoch for the next AMA. The 26th, yes. I'm still going PM. back and forth with Zoom customer no service to get that video for everybody. 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific, yeah. 7 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. All right. We're out of here. Thank y'all. Out of here till tomorrow. Thanks for being here.